Peace out, hearts. It's your boy, Iru, host of the Dynast Podcast. Hopefully, you guys can hear me. If you can't, let's just get right into the intro. Then we'll get this together. Peace stars, what's up? This is your boy, Eru, host of the Dynex Podcast. I tried to get cute in the beginning there, man, but sorry about that. But anyway, this is the NBA Finals. I know the, the Celtics are playing the uh, the Warriors, like it was what they call the Golden State Warriors. I don't think anybody cares, <laughs> you know, at least in Knicks land. You know, I like to watch good basketball. It's nice to see the perimeter play, the ball movement, the defense, and things of that nature. It's not beautiful basketball. You know, I feel like the Knicks are, are like, you know, close, even though I don't like Tom Thibodeau. You know, I think Tom Thibodeau is a clown. And this and the other, but I still believe in the talent that we have on the roster. And um, you know, I believe that we that um, you know, if we would just coach better, you know, in my opinion, if we would just coach a little bit better, I think that we would be um we we would be able to compete against teams like this. I, I don't feel like a team like Golden State or or the Celtics are that far ahead of us, you know, as far as um winning is concerned. Of course, we need a couple players, you know, we don't need the the big major players that everyone keeps talking about, but let's just stay focused, man. I really want to talk about um this Quinn Snyder stuff, man. So uh, Quinn Snyder is is a big time coach, man. You know, Tom, we got we got our own quote unquote big time coach, but um, let's, I'll talk about that in this podcast, man. These are the guys we're going to be talking about: Quinn Snyder and Tom Thibodeau, and how this how this this news here uh, with Quinn Snyder stepping down in Utah, how that changes the whole uh, dynamic and and uh, like the power struggle with the Knicks. So uh, let, let's do the comments really quick. Uh, we got we got um, shout out to Gerald D. McGivers here. But uh, we got Cameron Goldberg here. Cameron Goldberg asks, how? Johnny Bryant is on the Knicks staff. Hey, Mike Wilson, Mike Woodson was on the Knicks staff. We got um, Kenny Payne. He was on the, um, the Knicks staff. But they went on to um, bigger and better things according to their own career. You know, uh, Mike Woodson, you know, he played for Indiana. Indiana's a prestigious school. You know, uh, you know they had the, the, what's the name, Bobby Knight, you know, was the head coach there. So they have history there. So he could be, um, you know, you know, leading the the the, the young guys into the future he could be the new bobby knight over there so it's a prestigious job man a lot of big time players came from indiana including himself he played there he also was an nba player as well uh coach Payne, you know he was on kentucky he was on uh, a couple other teams too but he ended up being the the louisville coach so when you talk about kentucky duke and um these type of teams whatever like say like kentucky like midwest to stay with that um louisville is right there louisville kentucky so louisville and and kentucky are, are rivals the same way that north carolina and duke is you know what I'm saying? So that's a prestigious job as well. So why do why do people leave, um, you know, uh, coaching gigs? Because uh, um, Kenny Payne was basically a big man's coach with the Knicks. Uh, Mike Woodson was just ba- basically a babysitter. He was basically watching to see what Tom Thibodeau was doing to to have his back to help make sure that he's able to um, uh, help the the locker room function and stuff like that. Be the that um, I guess like the olive branch um person. So we don't have that olive branch person. Uh, Enter Quinn Snyder, man, now. So Quinn Snyder steps down. Uh, who was, uh, you know, uh, Snyder's, uh, you know, number one, not number one, but hand-picked young coach coming up in, in, in the ranks 
you know, that was next to him for a lot of years over there. Look at this picture here. That's Quinn Snyder, and that's Mr. Johnny Bryant on the right, and Donovan Mitchell in, in the middle. You can see that they would tag team in this guy, you know, coaching wise. Uh, like I said, uh, Quinn Snyder handpicked uh, Johnny Bryant. You know, the Utah staff um, handpicked him. Let's let's talk about Johnny Bryant real quick. For those that they don't know, everyone talks about Johnny Bryant, but people don't even know who the hell he is, where he came from, this, that, and the other. He actually played for Utah. Uh, that's not necessarily important, but he did play for, for Utah. Um, he actually played pretty good. The the point the, the problem with him is that uh, he was a scorer, um, and he was like supposed to he's a point guard. He's a, he's a scorer in a point guard's body, six feet, uh, 14 points a game. He's not that great of a scorer. You know, they would translate into the NBA in that way. So uh, for those that can see the screen here, I'm, I'm looking at the middle there. Um, you can see that he played for, for Utah. For You know, he went to San Francisco City College, and he went to Utah as a red shirt. Actually, pretty pretty, um, pretty good. Like I said, on 15 points a game in college is really good for Utah, um, uh, you know, for Utah team there. He shot the, uh, the ball from the three-point range pretty good, 44%. All right, so he didn't make it to the NBA in San Diego, but he didn't let that uh, that um, deter his uh, basketball dream. Um, he started coaching. Um, at the Bryant Sports Academy, uh, that was his. I think I believe that was his company that he started. That he was just coaching um, NBA players and stuff. Kind of like one of the original ones to really do that, you know. And that that gave him uh, an NBA job because he was uh, uh, coaching Paul Millsap and Damian Lillard, other other people too. Was going to his um his thing, and the Utah Jazz picked him up in September of 2012. It says here as the developmental assistant. And then uh, Quinn Snyder liked him so much that he upgraded him two years later to an assistant coach, basically sitting right next to him. Um, and for, for a guy like that, I mean, it's, it's proof is in the pudding here. You know, this picture here says a thousand words. Uh, the way Johnny Bryant is, is there is the extension to Quinn Snyder. You know, um, Quinn Snyder, he played for Duke as well. You know, people forget about that. He actually played uh, under Mike um, Chuseski. Uh, he, he was the starting point guard in Duke uh, before Bobby Hurley got there. You know, so but he did get to play with Christian Layton and he did get to play with Danny Ferry. So um he, he was actually, you know, a big part of what they do over there in um in, in the Duke. He was part of the whole tradition of like, you know, like um I don't I don't want to disrespect them, but they they have so many point guards that came through the Duke that, that were just like really not good point guards, you know. But they were good college guys, but they never translated into the into pro game. So he was just one of those guys. He was a very good college player, but he just wasn't um you know, able to translate to the NBA, but then, you know, like I said, same thing with Johnny Bryant. He was a good player in Utah. He, um, some the players that can't um they can't play, they can't make the um the cut or fit the description of what an NBA player is supposed to be according to scouts and this that, and the other. They ended up coaching um basketball. So um that 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 that, that brings into Tom Thibodeau where he came from. But let's just talk about um Schneider. I'll, I'll bring up Schneider's um let's do let's do his coaching record. We'll do his um his college coaching record because everybody comes from somewhere. You know, so let, let's get let's get into that. Everybody comes from somewhere. So let's start off with his um coaching college coaching record. So this is uh, Quinn Quinn Schneider. So here he goes. Um, uh, he went to Duke, Alabama, 1989 is when he graduated. Uh, this is his coaching record here as a as a college coach. He um coached Missouri Big Twelve. Uh, you can see his coaching record. 18, basically for his whole career, 58. percent Uh, he had two losing seasons, and um after the, the second losing season, that's when he decided decided to leave Missouri and um, go over to Utah. But uh, I have this highlighted here, 2003. Uh, this was, um, you know, uh, one of his one of his best seasons. I think he had uh, 66%. It was two back-to-back -back years where he, where he played pretty good. It was 2000, um, 2001, 2002 season, 2002, 2003 season. So uh, what's significant about that is uh, if you go ahead and click that, uh, if you look in the playoffs, he, um, he, beat, he um, lost to Marquette in the playoffs. So why is that significant? It just connects him to to the Miami thing, um, you know, D Dwayne Wade, 
um, was on a come up. He was on a tear during that uh, that year in um, the, in the playoffs, NCAA tournament for Marquette, and that was that's what gave him a name. But that year, that um, that a Missouri team was pretty good. You know, I remember that. You got guys like Ricky Paulding, you know, Arthur Johnson. These guys are big scorers. A couple of these other guys too. But you know, as you can see, the, those names don't mean anything because you could be one player in college and totally be a whole different person in, in the NBA. So it was just interesting, man. He had a really good um, career at, as a coach. So let's um let's get out of this and just take a look at his um, NBA coaching career. So this is significant because I'm going to compare it to Tom Thibodeau. So um, let's check out um, Snyder's NBA coaching career. Uh, so as it comes up here at the top of the screen, he's currently 55 years old right now. Uh, let's check out his NBA career. He um, started as an assistant, excuse me, for the LA Clippers. Uh, who was his head coach? Who brought him over? Uh, executive Elgin Baylor, Larry Brown. So Larry Brown brought him over as a uh, bench coach for, for him. So, you know, shout out to Larry Brown. Who, who is hated on this podcast. And if you're a Knicks fan, if you don't hate uh, Larry Brown, then I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, Larry Brown was an atrocious um, Knicks coach. And, you know, that that's that's a story that needs to be told. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to that one day on this podcast, man. But um, check out Philly. He went to Philly the next year. Uh, Doug Collins brought him over, another basketball mind. So I'm quite sure Larry Brown, uh, you know, talked him up to Doug Collins and Doug Collins brought him over to, to the um, coaching staff there. He didn't stick there. He ended up going to Atlanta. Let's check. Uh, you know, he went to the Lakers. Excuse me. Let's see who brought him over. Uh, Mike Brown. So Mike Brown, Larry Brown. You know, Doug Collins. That's the coaching tree, whatever. So, you know, you could just see that there. So he 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 came from a lot of a lot of decent NBA coaches. You know that that um helped him um you know advance his career. So Atlanta, uh, he was under coach a button buttonholzer. So buttonholzer is also um for those that don't know, he's also part of the um the whole. Is he part of the Knicks uh, situation back in the days? This is all San Antonio. Yeah, all right. So he's a, a, a Greg Popovich uh, uh, a player there, a, a Greg Popovich disciple. So anyway, he comes from, from a good coaching background. So anyway, from, from Atlanta, he ended up getting that Utah um, Jazz job. And I'm quite sure that um, Popovich has something to say about that too, man. But I mean, they pay his dues, um, you know, especially with the college coaching, uh, being successful and, and paying his dues as an assistant coach. Bouncing around and making a name himself in NBA circles. Anyway, as he became an NBA coach, he started off slow, forty-six percent, forty-eight percent. He topped off that third year with sixty-two percent. Uh, let's check out that first year. I just want to see who's on the roster. Uh, Alec Burke. <laughs> I see my man Alec Burke there. Uh, not too many other big names there. You want to talk about um, uh, Derek Favors was probably good at that time. Let me see who's the, who was a good player there. Gordon Hayward. You know, Gordon Hayward was, was young, if I'm not mistaken. He was only like 24. Gordon Haywood, 19 points per game. He had a, he had a decent squad, but you know these guys weren't going to win. Ennis Cantor, this, that, and the other. Let's um, let's check out that 60. Uh, that what is it? The 50 50 win team. That was the second best team. Let's check that out. 50 win team. He had um, he didn't have Donovan Mitchell yet. So you got Gordon Haywood was his best player. You got Rudy Gobert is on the team now. Uh, you got uh, George Hill, Rodney Hood. Uh, Joe Ingles is on the team. Derek Favors. You got Joe Johnson. Uh, you know, like I said, there's no Donovan Mitchell. You know, so he was able to win without Donovan Mitchell. So this this is um his first squad here, able to win 50 games with um Gordon Haywood as the uh, the main scorer. Uh, Rudy Goldberg, like I said, George Hill, Ronnie Hood. You know, he's able to win 50 games with that squad. You know, the contest is everything, man. So let's just go um, scroll down. We can go down to the next 50 um point. Uh, excuse me, 50 uh, win team, which is two years that he had 48 the, the year before. 
and 50 the next one. Let's check out the roster for that year. You know, I'm interested too. This is really my first time looking at this, man. So here goes Donovan Mitchell. So Donovan Mitchell's finally on the team. So he was able to win without Donovan Mitchell for a few years. You know, here goes Donovan Mitchell, 23 points per game. So this is probably Donovan Mitchell's second year. Um, you got um, Rudy Goldberg, Ingles, uh, Ricky Rubio. You don't even see Gordon Hayward. So Gordon Hayward's already moved on. So he was able to win 50, 50 games with another squad um, after after his main scorer um, moved on. You know, so it just shows that he's able to to change his, his coaching style or change the way that that he approached the game and still get results to um to win. Um, let's um let's fast forward to um this is a fifty two game um season we we already know that but let's just look at the at the current team that he just came off of. Uh, so he stepped down. He didn't get fired. That's that's something important as well. So the reason why he stepped down, man, because like there's a lot of stuff going on with with um with the Utah Jazz as far as um you know uh you know where you know the direction. I, th- I believe Danny Ainge is their executive now. Let's check out their executive. Uh, their executive um, in Utah. Well, you got Justin Zanuck. Uh, is Danny Ainge associated with the team? I thought I saw that. That's something that um that I didn't I didn't really look at, but that's not important. But just look look at the squad here. Donovan Mitchell. You got Rudy Gobert still there. Uh, some of these other guys. You got Bolt. You got Bogdan Bogdanovich. <laughs> I can never get those these guys' name right. You got Mike Conley is involved here. A couple other players. Jordan Clarkson. So same thing. You're able to get new players, different style of players, and whatever. Move guys around. Joe Ingles was a starter for them. Ended up coming off the bench. Rudy Gay's there. You see, um, Whiteside and a couple other guys. Uh, you're able to to um to still mix around your players and still able to get results and um, win 49 games. You know, so a, a couple things here. Uh, Eric Prasell is, is a name that sticks out because um he played for uh, for Golden State. But the reason why Utah ended up getting him is because he basically grew up with Donovan Mitchell. So this is the problem here. They, the, the Utah Jazz are doing the best that they can to try to to try to get uh, Donovan Mitchell to stay. So um, that might be something that that Quinn Snyder, as a coach, is annoyed about. You know, because I, I, don't, I don't blame him because it, once the front office starts to interfere with what's going on in the basketball court, now you can't properly do your job. So now there's there's a constant distraction now with um with the way that 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 um that that you coach because the front office is, is uh, focused on trying to appease the star or try to keep the star. So um, you're not winning. The franchise is not focused on winning. They're more focused on, you know, appeasing the star. So, you know, so I, I kind of, I kind of could put my, my, um, my, my, my feet in Quinn Snyder's shoes in that, in that regard. Because if I was coaching, I wouldn't want to be involved in that either. Because what that means is that, you know, you're putting pressure on, 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 um, you know, uh, on the franchise. And Donovan Mitchell now, and if Donovan Mitchell leaves, now what? Now whatever moves that you make, you're going to be stuck with because you were trying to keep Donovan Mitchell. So um, one thing about Donovan Mitchell is he's on the contract. He's not a free agent, so he has to be traded. You know he can't he can't trade himself. You know so things things have to happen in order, in order for it to be traded. So I you know if I was him I wouldn't want to be involved in that either because it's going to be a bad breakup. Uh, if he if he gets traded to the Knicks, which is um, kind of weird, um, the Knicks don't really have anything that you could really necessarily build with. It's going to be like another rebuild, a hard rebuild for Utah. And what coach wants to be a part of that? You know, like like a really hard rebuild where, where you're not going to be winning at all. You know, so Quinn Snyder pulled himself out of that equation. He did say that he still wants to coach. So this is when the, the Knicks come in, right? So um, the Knicks, uh, let's say you know Johnny Bryant is is um is not, is not only the the uh, an assistant coach, he is an associate head coach. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's that's pretty big. So he's a big part of what the Knicks are trying to do on the court. And as you can see from the product, the way the the way that our, our squad plays. That we we, um, we play a, a kind of offense is just like stagnant. You know, the ball is being dragged down the court by Julius Randle. 
Um, the the shot clock is a, is like like down in the dumps already. We can't get nothing going. We end up with with um, two guys on one guy on one side, two guys on the next side, and one guy standing in the middle going one on one almost every single time down. Uh, we don't really go on runs unless the Knicks really start running up and down playing defense, and that's when we start really going on runs against teams. But when it comes to offense, we just stagnate. Julius Randle gets the rebound, runs down the court, runs into three straight people, and does it frequently. So that means that's what Tom Thibodeau wants um, Julius Randle to do. But Julius Randle just he just not like um he gets frustrated too too much you know so putting him in that position just not not a good not a good idea as a coach you know so um you know Johnny Bryan on the other hand comes from Snyder Snyder handpicked him and made him um basically a, like as a top assistant when he was in Utah so you know he was handpicked you know by him to to whatever so whatever offense that Snyder was running you know and was successful over multiple fifty point games under different um leadership you know on the, on on the court. He, he is a legit basketball coach. He's able to manipulate whoever's on the squad and win. You know, of course, talent is everything. You know, he, he won with a big score in, um, in Gordon Haywood, and then he went on to win with um, Donovan Mitchell, too. But, you know, he was able to, to mix around the pieces, no matter how many different pieces were, were there. He was able to mix around to still win 48 to 50 games, you know, as a head coach. So to me, that that's excellent. You know, so, um, you know, so it's, it's just interesting to me. So, you know, a guy like Johnny Bryan, may, maybe um, with the Knicks, he might see a, an opportunity to go to Utah to be the head coach. Now, if I'm Utah, just judging by what was happening with Quinn Snyder, and I'm quite, I'm, I'm quite sure Quinn Snyder, you know, since he didn't um, didn't get fired, he just stepped down. I'm quite sure that he might uh, might um, recommend to bring back Johnny Bryan to be that head coach. And if I'm if I'm the Utah brass, I think I would be leaning towards um Johnny Bryan because you want to talk about um Terry Slots. I think Terry Slots was like the biggest name that's associated with the Utah job. Now, if, if I'm Utah, I would not hire Terry Slots. He just came from Portland, you know, so he just came from a a, a squad that's like same thing, just they're just trying to do their best to, to keep um, you know, uh what's his name? Um keep these guys uh you know uh, together and stuff. You know, so that that I, I don't agree with. You know, so you know, I, I think if Utah is gonna is gonna want to um to go forward, they're gonna have to bring in, you know, Johnny Bryant. Yeah, man. So um, what else we got here? I see State just popped in. He just popped himself in the podcast. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just went in and I see him popping in here and on here. But let, let me um let me just get this um this thought out here. So um, with this um Tom Thibodeau thing, let, let's I'm gonna just go with with Tom Thibodeau. And his um his coaching career, um because he, he was handpicked as well. You know, I with Tom Tibbet, I don't give a damn who brought him here. You know, to, to tell you the truth, let's just look at his um his coaching record. Uh, this is as an assistant coach. He came in as in Minnesota. All right, so let's do that. Who brought him in in here to the NBA and um in Minnesota? It was um Bill Musselman. You know, Musselman was a freaking trash coach. To, um, twenty two uh win th that season. Uh, you know, that's not even worth talking about, man. He was bounced around Minnesota, San Antonio. Uh, just keep it going down down here. Um, San Antonio uh, was Popovich there? I don't I don't even believe Popovich was there. No, Terry Tartankian. Uh, Tar uh, Tar I can't even say it. Uh, Tar Tarkanian. Excuse me. He was the the head coach. Then Rex Hughes and John Lucas. So he had a bunch of riffraff over there. And so so what coaching tree did Tom Thibodeau come from? How did Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau get to the point where he's a top where he's a head coach right now? Uh, Philly, I don't even care about. I'm not even gonna look at it. So the Knicks. He came through as an assistant coach with the Knicks. Uh, we won 57 games under Jeff Van Gundy. So Jeff Van Gundy brought him in here. The next season, you know, this is when the Knicks started going down. 43, uh, after that 27, you know, this whole time he's the assistant coach. We're, like, losing 50. We almost lost that year, too, that, that 50-win um, um, season, the 48, whatever. So this, he was basically here 
with um with Jeff Van Gundy. So um he ended up getting that coaching um job from Chicago. So let's go to Chicago. Well, he went to Houston with um Jeff Van Gundy as well. And then he went to Boston with, with Doc Rivers, as you know. So uh, let's check out his first year at coaching. 62 wins. Such the greatest coach that ever played, ever, ever coached the game, right? Let's check out a Chicago um season. Uh, you know, uh, who did he have here? Uh he, he didn't build the team, you know, he didn't just take a team from the from the dumps. I just want to see the squad that he that he had uh, you know, with that 62 wins. You know, he already had Derrick Rose here. Derrick Rose was um was 20, 22 years old. Uh check it out. 25 points per game. Uh Luol Deng, 17 points. Joe Kim Noah was already um doing what he does. Um, you know, 10, 10, and 10, doing what he does. Carlos Bulls at 17, 9. You know, so he had a he had a great squad. So it's not something that he that he built. You know, so how the you know, how the fuck did he get this thing? Let's check out the year before. Vinny Del Negro, 44 wins. You want to talk about Mark Jackson effect? Vinny Del Negro was the one winning with that with the with the squad before him. You know, he had the same players, whatever. Even before this, the 44, um, the 41 win season. Before that, uh, 44 wins. You know, Vinny Del Negro was there. So I mean 62, 62 wins. You know, uh, Scott Skiles was there before. So he gets there and becomes the greatest coach ever. Comes in there, sixty-two wins. Uh, let, let's check out. Um, <laughs> you, you're laughing, right, man? Let, let's um, let me get this together. Let's look at Tom Thibodeau's coaching career again. Uh, here we go. Chicago. The next year, fifty wins. The next year, forty-five, uh, forty-eight, fifty. You know, and then then he steps down. So I mean, it's not. He went from sixty-two. You know, from um, you know, from the from an inherited squad to basically, you know, going down right after this year that when he when he left, Chicago was dead a- after that. You know, they were back. You know, uh, they were back into into to a losing losing season. Fred Hoiberg took over, forty four wins, forty one. They were back into the doldrums again. You know, so Tom. You know, I, I just don't like Tom Thibodeau. You know, he, I just don't like Tom Thibodeau. So what? what I, you just popped in. You popped yourself in the podcast today. So what do you think about what I'm saying here? <laughs> You see, I'm quiet. <laughs> I'm, letting, I'm, letting you, I'm letting you talk to God right now because I don't like it. I don't like him neither. I'm watching the I'm watching the um Celtics and Warriors finals. I'm watching beautiful offenses right now, and I'm watching rarely these guys ISO. I'm just thinking about Tom Thibodeau the whole time. I'm thinking about this minority head coach in Udoka who bring who brought his team to the finals in his what this is his first season. Then I'm looking at another coach. He's not even a minority. But at the same time, Steve Kerr is a damn good coach. Even though he's eating off a of, um Mark Jackson plate, he's still got to set the table regardless. So I'm watching two coaches in the finals running beautiful offenses, adapting, adjustments, everything. Then while I'm listening to that, I'm listening to you actively shit on our head coach. And he deserves to be shitted on. I don't understand how people sign on Twitter, sign on any of these apps, and literally say with a straight face or type with a straight damn face and say, Tibbs is a good coach. And then you can't tell me what he does well. I don't respect Tibbs in anything what he did last season, and I need to see results this season, man. All right, well, well, the the topic of the podcast, Mister, is um, is the Johnny Bryan and Quinn Snyder thing. So, Johnny Bryan, what do you think about Johnny Bryan going to Utah? To me, no. Utah, I would get Johnny Bryan. Let, let, I'm gonna go a different route. 
if Johnny goes to Utah, Tibbs would be fired faster. So, so if you want to, what I'm saying, I, I would rather for, right to, today. I would rather fire Tom Thibodeau and put Quinn Snyder here to be the head coach. I would to tell you the truth. I would too. And um, listen, if Johnny Bryan goes, like it was a lot of reports saying that Johnny Bryan was one of the people that held the locker room together. Um, with and remember, we lost Kenny Payne a couple weeks ago as well. Mike so Woodson we, too. I mentioned that as well. And, Mike Woodson went one. to Indiana, and um, and Mike Payne went to Louisville. So these so, guys went on to bigger and better things as far as coaching wise. Johnny Bryan could do the same thing. He could leave and go to bigger and better things for for his own self, you know. Yeah, so where did I leave the Knicks now? Knicks got uh, Rick Brunson as um because Rick Brunson. If you want to talk about Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau brought Rick Brunson over in Minnesota to be one of his top assistants, you know. So the 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 power struggle is different now. So now Johnny Bryan has a reason to leave because he brought Rick Brunson in. Yeah, you know. Same. I, I don't understand what the Knicks are doing. Um, Rick Brunson, cool, but I'm not paying your son $125 million, And um, I just hope he brings that five-hour offense over to the Knicks. Um, I hope that somebody Tibbs will listen to because obviously he ain't listening to none of his damn assistant coaches. If all of them are leaving, it's sad to see that um, three black men who I know these guys look up to as like uncles and stuff, they left our team. But obviously that's good business. If those guys want to get job opportunities that's better than what they're doing now, by all means, go get them. But at the same time, that sh- it, it scares me because now if we start to implode next season, who's going to keep the locker room together? Because who the hell going to look at Rick Brunson besides Tom Thibodeau? Because – I, I I don't know, man. I, Leon Rose, he gotta he gotta get this together because I don't want no team that's predominantly what Tibbs say. Cause you ain't gonna win shit. You're not winning. You're not going. It's evidence. It's a decade of evidence since 2011. The man inherited a team. That's why I love that point about what you said. And then he inherited Derrick Rose. It's not like he growthed that talent. He inherited it. So, you know, he got Minnesota. Minnesota, Zach Levine tears his ACL. He trades the boy for Jimmy Butler, tries to get the magical fourth seed, and fails, gets bounced out the first round, and he gets fired, and it takes his team four years to rebuild all over again. So, I I mean, people love Tibbs. I don't know why. I I don't see the positives in bringing him back next season. He's some 64-year-old fat white man that I got to keep looking at who screams all damn day. And I'm kind of tired of looking at his face. I'm tired of hearing his voice and I'm tired of people defending him. He did a poor job last year. Yeah. And then like when, once he leaves, he leaves the franchise in worse shape than he, than he did when, when he, um, when he first came on. Well, I will, I will give Tom Tibble a little credit because you mentioned the Boston head coach, you know, once upon a time, Tom Thibodeau was that guy. Tom Thibodeau did win 62 games in his debut. But um, as time goes on, it, it just shows that it, that was just lightning in the bottle, and he's still been been um been eating off of that, you know. Since he's been eating off of being uh Jeff Van Gundy assistant, be eating off of that Boston championship, and he's been eating off that sixty-two um game game season that he had with Chicago, you know. So you know, it it, it is what it is, man. That that happens in, in um in basketball and sports and stuff like that. But um, right now it's just exposed. It's exposure time, you know. Like you know, Tom Thibodeau, his offense. We we have um two what like two years worth of it already. Now we already know what, what we're dealing with with this guy. Um, you know, it it is what it is. We we had a crossroads, like you said. It's a very important offseason. 
Yeah, it's, it's very important, man, because I, I don't know what's going to happen this offseason. I just hope that the Knicks get the ship together because uh, we've been conservative past two years, and this is the offseason where I need them to be aggressive. Like, I, I don't want to hear about a trade back. I want to hear about a trade up. Uh, I don't want to hear about, oh, um, we looked at all the options this offseason at point guard, and we've decided to just go another route. Okay, that other route better be starting quickly because <laughs> I'm done with the, the whole, you know, I want continuity. Fuck your continuity. Your continuity only mattered when the season had COVID. So I, I'm well, good. Let's check it. If Johnny Bryan does go to Utah, we ended up with Rick Brunson as the main assistant because we, we lost two big assistants. That's yeah. we lost Kenny Payne and, and Woodson. So those, those are two spots that need to be filled in the coaches staff if they choose to do that. Um, yeah. Rick Brunson was only the first one. He was the first one um, thing. So if if Johnny leaves, then he has to bring somebody else in. This is all going to be Tom Thibodeau's guys. So now once you got Tom Thibodeau's guys in, and now the, the front office now, you can't be playing this game where we're still going to be um, trading back and making minimal um, you know improvements to the roster and this type of thing. You know, Tom Thibodeau's here, man. We we're wasting our time with this guy. You know, he like he's only want to play a certain way. He wants he he doesn't want um rookie guys to, to to coach. He wants veteran guys that already know how to play. You know, to that so so that he can um impl implement his defense and let the um the the elder statement do what they do. You know, that that's essentially what he wants to do. So it's gonna put us in a in a disadvantage, in my opinion. Going going forward, we, we would have to shift the way that we do things, and the front office are trying to do both. They're trying to. Uh, preserve the future and build the future, and they're they trying to win now. Nah. So, I mean, with Tom Thibodeau as the coach, I feel like you can't do that. I feel like we're just stuck like with that. We'll see. Because it can be – we'll see. Because next season, I, I would like to see at least a lot of them young guys uh, playing basketball on the court. I don't want to see vets. I don't, I don't care to see vets. We're not winning no damn championship no time soon. You're watching the same finals games as me. <laughs> I'm looking at these guys, and we're like still like two years away, bro. We're like two, two, three years away. I don't, I don't know if we're two years away because, because I mean, we beat both teams. You know, you know, we, we we were able to compete with both teams. You know, the the problem is is the coach. Our, our coach, if we had a better coach, you know, getting these guys in the right spots, and I think I think we we would have been in a better spot. We would have made the playoffs legitly if if, um, if we had a better coach. And let's say if we had Quinn Snyder instead of Tom Thibodeau this year, we would have made the playoffs. With the same with the same squad that we have there, we would have made the playoffs if we had Quinn Snyder. Yeah, because Quinn Quinn Snyder would see Alec Burks ain't cutting that point guard, and he'll try somebody else. He would have um, never put him at point guard because he already had him on the on the. I think he had him on the roster on on Utah at one at one point in the beginning. He did. He did. You know what I'm saying? So he already know that Alec Burks can't play can't play point guard. You know all the whole game. You know, and he's not going to disrespect Walker and these type of things. You know, so I mean, he would, he would take advantage. Of, of the players that, that is on the roster. He would use the guys. Um, if you want to talk about a, a point guard that's like um, like past his prime, um, freaking Mike Conley. You know, he got Mike, Mike Conley over there. You know, he would have done something with Walker. You know, because Mike Conley ain't guarding nobody no more. I'm, I'm not nobody afraid of, of Mike Conley. I don't know if anybody ever was afraid of Mike Conley. He was good at one point, you know, but at this point in his career, he's on the downside of his career. Ain't nobody afraid of, of him, but he was able to, to um, use him. Conley in 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 the offense, man. So I think he would have he would have used Walker, uh, you know, differently. Mm. You know, and we would have just had a better roster, uh, Fournier and all this. We would have it would have been so much better, in my opinion, if we had um, Schneider instead of Tom. That's true. I mean, hey, man, you watch it. And we need we need some more talent too. 
more wings preferably but that that tips factor is a big factor man so i'm just praying and hoping that johnny bryant does not leave because if he does it's gonna be more kinks in the armor it's gonna be it, it if johnny bryant leaves and let let's say if johnny bryant leaves the Knicks stay at 11 we don't trade randall and we bring back the same said roster for next season. Uh, and we don't have Johnny Bryant? And we don't have Johnny Bryant. Yeah, yeah I mean, listen, the first line that Mike Johnson said, holding the youngest accountable, you know, I don't know about holding Tibbs accountable because uh, if he did, then Tom Thibodeau, we would have won, you know, if, if he was um, holding Tibbs accountable. Uh, Tibbs didn't really didn't start um, opening the offense until the um, young guys, there was no choice but to play the young guys. You know, and I wouldn't say that Tom Thibodeau changed his offense it just that uh, he just let the young guys go yeah at that point you know there's nothing he can really do yeah who else was he gonna play g-leaguers he had no choice but to play those young guys and plus the season he he kept pumping that yo remember these dudes was pumping that oh we're not out of it until we're out of it and we was literally like 25 and 38 and me and you sitting here damn there every podcast like yo why are we even talking about playoffs man let's talk about this lottery pick man because <laughs> it's it's like little stuff like that. Like, I don't need you to lie to sell us bullshit, man. Somebody got to hold Tibbs accountable for next season. If not, he needs to be, if not him and Leon Rose needs to go. Cause Leon Rose is running some type of Ponzi scheme. I don't know what he doing. He just hiring his boys. He just want uh, If he hired Rick Brunson, then, then that means that, 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 that the, the front office is, is just allowing Tom Thibodeau to, to, to do him. And that to me that that's um that's that's kind of fucked up a little bit because we we already arguing with the dude you know there's already internal arguments about how uh, of certain players or how to use certain players and then he goes and get his um was allowed to to hire his own you know his guy Rick Brunson that's like since from the past because Rick Brunson what was the bum on the bench that Tom Thibodeau used to um used to get beers with after the game when he was younger you know that's Rick Brunson basically you know Rick Brunson he he was um the third string point guard never got no burn unless somebody was hurt you know what I'm saying he was terrible. You know, and he was hanging out with Tom Thibodeau back in those days, back in the early nine in the early nineties and beginning of the two thousand when the Knicks were terrible. You know, so I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know how how you go go up from that point. Listen, man, Leon Rose. I I, don't, I have no problem with our players at the moment. I think the roster can be fixed easily. My, I, I think I'm just looking at Tom Thibodeau, man. These playoffs. I've been I think we've all been spoiled of two straight months of beautiful basketball. Um not a lot of ball hogging, functional defenses, switching, you know, stuff we're not used to. Superstars, you know, star point guards and stuff. So we're, we're gonna see, man. I, I need those. I need Leon Rose to do something this summer. Man. Well, I mean, I mean, look at a, look at a guy like um, what, what's the dude um that that was on Minnesota, um, that's on Golden State now. What's his name? Wiggins. Wiggins. Yeah, we Wiggins. Wiggins. Yeah, there, there was a point where nobody wanted Wiggins for nothing. We would say, oh, we could trade for Wiggins. People would say, yo, get the fuck out of here. Wiggins ain't shit. Now Wiggins is in the finals. Now everybody's talking about talking about how good these guys are. You know, you know what I'm saying? It has to do with with situation. You know, playing with other other good players. You know, uh, different coaching and stuff like that. So I, you know, it, it just comes down to that. And like the roster, like I, I just don't agree with, with you about like getting the roster better. Because I mean, Fournier's a good player, Julius Randle's a good player, 
Um, RJ is a good player. You know, uh, Mitch is a, is a good player. You know, we, we have guys on the, on the roster that that are, that are good enough to to win with with the squad here. We got enough enough players to to, to win. You know, it, it's it's the coach. You know, we we don't have superstar players, but we have talent enough to get us to the playoffs. We do. You know, we, we shouldn't be like the eleventh seed. You know, no, my, you know, we we should not be the eleventh seed. We should be in the playoffs. Knicks should be in the playoffs. I, I don't know what Tibbs was thinking last season, man. And you know, God bless Johnny Bryant, man. If he if he moves on to Utah, I'm praying to God that he doesn't. But if he moves on to Utah, um, God bless him. And you know, Utah is going to keep Donovan Mitchell. Um, I think that's the play. Uh, well, here's the thing too. Here's the thing too. Utah Utah has Donovan Mitchell on the contract. He's not a free agent, right? He's, he's mm-hmm. on the contract, right? Mm-hmm. So, so he has to, he has to come back to to um, Utah. I mean, it could cause a rift where Donovan Mitchell is not in agreement with them, you know. But at, at the same time, Utah don't have to trade him to the Knicks, you know. Utah don't have to trade him anywhere uh, unless yeah. unless the situation becomes so toxic where you got get, got to get rid of Donovan Mitchell. And I don't think Donovan Mitchell's that guy that's going to create like a rift on the team and all that just because he doesn't want to be there. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't either. He doesn't seem like he doesn't have that James Harden personality. That's uh, so I think it would be like Utah would have to want to trade him. I don't right. think he got to like really like ask out like yeah I, I want to leave. And we we argued about it already, right? But Julius Randle in, in a trade for Donovan Mitchell, would Utah do that? If I'm Utah uh, and, and you offer me Randle, you're not trying to offer me RJ. If you're giving me Randle, I want quickly. I want reddish. I want three first round picks. I want Alec Burks back too. Right. I want those four players and I want three first round picks. And I want two of your first round picks to be unprotected for sure. Right. So I mean, are you doing that? Am I doing it? Yeah, but at the same time, what am That's I not- like what's my purpose? Right. It's, it, what's my purpose? I don't think I don't think RJ is good enough yet. Like, I, I don't think he's good enough yet for my team to make that type of move. If I thought RJ was a superstar, like, if he had a Luka Doncic second season or uh, D-Wade second season, third season, like, one of those type of second and third season, I would say, yeah, I'm all in. Right. I'm all, all in. But at the same time, after watching playoffs, you get the cause the pause, and then you look at your team, you like, well. Take, take a look at it from, from Utah's perspective, too. Like, they already have Donovan Mitchell on the contract. They don't have to trade him. You know, so they want they, they already in this mode that they want to keep him happy, right? Yeah. So what if they do keep him happy? What if they say, okay, listen, you don't like Rudy Goldberg? We're going to get rid of Rudy Goldberg. You know, we'll, we'll trade Rudy Goldberg and maybe somebody else to try to get somebody else here, you know, to win. You know, then then um, what, what, what do you think about that? Because I, I, think, I think if I'm Utah, the way that they've been acting towards um, Donovan Mitchell, I think that they would be more inclined to try to do that make the team better around him rather than trade him away you know i mean how like this is the problem when you got like guys like donovan mitchell and guys like luca Doncic. when you get those guys early and they're like special out the gate it's kind of hard to build around those guys like because all of those pieces that's around them is not really other high lottery picks so when you look at a guy like luca and he's on the court, and he's on the court with like two late first round picks, two second round picks, 
a, a vet you don't know of, it's, it's kind of hard. Donovan Mitchell, what lottery picks is on his roster right now? That's in that star five right now. That can help him right now. How how has Utah been drafting to help that guy out over these past few years? It's been horrible. That goes along with team building. So it's kind of tough when you get a guy, you draft a guy, and out the gate, oh, God, Robert Williams is hurt. And out the gate, that guy is 20 points per, 20 points per, out the gate. So. I mean, it, it's going to be hard, yo. I don't want – yo, I'm a team, and I'm looking at Utah roster. I don't want none of those bums. I don't want none of those dudes. Oh, you going to Royce O'Neal? You go fuck yourself. Bogdan? <laughs> you can Bogdan kick a rock. Hassan well, White. Woody Goldberg is the only one, but he makes 40-something mil. Yeah. You know, so, I mean – you know what do you do there? How how do you make this? How do you make Utah better? So I mean, Utah is kind of fucked either way. If if they if they try to make the attempt to to make the roster better around, um, you know, this guy Donovan Mitchell, you know, they're gonna be screwed. And if they trade him, they're gonna be screwed too. So they between a rock and a hard place, and that's probably why Johnny Bryant. I mean, not Johnny Bryant. Um, Quinn Snyder stepped down. Yeah, I think so too. Because when you when you look at the roster, it's like. Okay, you could trade Goldberg, but what are you trading him for? Right? So if I'm trading Goldberg, I trade him to a team like Detroit and I try to get a guy like Sadiq Bay. <laughs> that's the best. You, <laughs> that's what you got. That, that, that's what you got from Rudy Gobert. And then if you try to trade Don, you trade Donovan Mitchell, I'm instantly tanking the following season. So that's why if I was Utah, I would trade him this offseason. I would trade Donovan and Rudy Gobert this offseason. And I would start over for the high school draft in 2023. That's what well, I would do. Well, check this. Uh, you know, Rudy Goldberg is on is on the roster. So let, what if what if um they decide to keep Donovan Mitchell in the Knicks uh and they offer uh, Rudy Goldberg to the Knicks? What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I offer them a, a good fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate that. I don't hate Randall that much, brother. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the trade would start with him. Well, you know, Rudy Gobert makes a lot of bread, man. Last year he made 35, 38, 41, 43, and he tops off at 46. Lord have mercy. Yo, you never pay a center that much money who cannot space the floor. If he can't space the floor, you cannot pay him that money. Well, I don't care about the space in the floor because there ain't much centers that could space the floor. If he can't score 20 points, then you don't give no center that much that much bread. That's a long space in the floor. Just a score at all, because like I said, there's no centers out there to space the floor outside of um, was Carol Anthony Towns? You were all about of them space the floor now, bro. <laughs> yeah, not, not at the level, not at forty six million dollar level, not at that level. <laughs> space the floor at forty six million dollars. Anybody on Utah or or Golden State space the floor for forty six million at center? No. <laughs> Thirty eight to forty six million. Oh God, that's a lot of money, man. Yeah, the only person at that level is Carl Anthony Towns that that would possibly command that much money. Yeah. 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 Cat, Prime, Demarcus Cousins. I'm not in pay. I'm not paying him B to Max. Um Jokic, he's worth that bread. Yeah, it's only a few guys. I think Evan Mobley gonna be worth that bread too. Yeah, he might be, but you know. That's only if you have a time machine, just like a guess, you know. He, but he can shoot the three, like you, like you said. So I mean, that's the future. They probably will be 
you know, the, the $30 million now is going to be worth $40 million later. You know, the, the, the top players are making 30 something now, you know, those top players, they're all going to be making 40, you know, yeah. like a couple of years. So, so the, read this, read this. Here's what kills me about fucking comments like this, right? We're made for now. Tibbs mixing sets. They just get yo, man. Diehard watched every fucking game from last season. I watched some of those games twice, some of those games three times. What sets, bro? Because I know three plays from the Knicks right now. I can scream out the edge. All right, that low high pick and high pick pop pick and post with Randall when he does one pick and roll at the top of the key. It's an ISO. That little double screen with Evan Fournier come around that little bum ass double screen. Like, come, yeah, bro, don't tell me about two man game. Him and Julius Randle. I mean, Fournier, Julius Randle. You know, outside of that, what else did we do? We don't do none of that stuff. We have we we talking about we ain't got a point guard. We got Kemba Walker. You know, uh, you know whoever else that we had to play point guard, but he chose to play Alec Burks. But we had other guys, and we never ran pick and roll. And we got Julius Randle, Mitch Robinson, and and um um Obi Toppin. Um, all dunk and dunk and layup threats, and we never ran pick and roll with any of those guys. Yo, May, yeah, May fourth, you could go. Yo, I don't know what where y'all. I don't know what y'all. A lot of y'all fans be seeing when y'all be watching these games. You could go. You could shit your family. Don't shit me. Tim's offense is trash. <laughs> well, you know, to 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 make a point with, with with what they're trying to say is that like if you like you would just mentioned it before the talent and this that, and the other that you see in the playoffs. You know, so so I mean, if you have a certain amount of talent, no matter how shitty the plays are, if the talent is there and the talent works, then 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 it's, it's going to look look great. You know what I'm saying? But but Tom Thibodeau, you know, is is running the same plays, basic plays that every team runs. You know, but it, it's it's about getting the the right plays for the team that you have in front of you. You know, not just throwing stuff out there and saving that one special play for that for that time that 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 you that when you were in the Knicks and, and as an assistant coach and you was waiting for that special moment to use your special play. You know that, that that's not how you win basketball games, man. You don't win basketball games like that, holding on to stuff, you know, and and waiting till later. I'll, I'll use this later, you know, or, or yeah. when we have this or especially this. You know, come on, man. You know, Yo, you gotta you gotta you attack your roster. You have to attack the other team, man. Yo, what game was it when me and you said, yo, did Tibbs just run five straight ISOs for Alec Burks? What game was that, bro? Where he, he ran five straight ISOs and we completely lost the lead. And it's, your it's, man's um, talking about he runs sets. I think it was when um, one of the games that Julius Randle didn't play. One of, one of them that he didn't play. Like we, we were playing so good with, with, with quickly and stuff like that. They took quick, I, I don't know if he took quickly out or whatever, but as soon as Alec Burks came in, it was like five straight ISO plays. Five straight down at the same play that we ran for Julius Randle. We ran it for for um for Alec Burke like five straight times. Post ups. You know what I'm saying? Alec Burke was 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 posting up. Like what the fuck? You know, I don't think Alec Burke has ever did that in his whole career. We had a running the running down the court and setting his own post up play, like the same way that Julius Randle does. So I mean, it, it's just a testament to how ridiculous Tom Thibodeau is is running running um um basketball teams, man. Yeah, wasn't wasn't this one of the biggest questions me and you asked from this past season? Why doesn't RJ and Julius Randle run pick and rolls together? I don't care if they're both left hand dominant. You don't want to pick and roll between those two on the left side of the floor? Questionable. I need to go look at the numbers and see how many two man sets RJ Barrett, specifically RJ Barrett and Julius Randle ran. Because the only time I see them two run sets is when RJ Barrett's bringing up the ball and Randle's calling for an ISO. Literally just calling for the ball. 
So I don't well, he's know. Not necessarily this... calling. He's calling for the ball because that's what Tom Thibodeau wants him to do. Because, it, like, if you're a coach and this is happening and you don't want it to happen, boom, time out. You know what I'm saying? And then you get in these guys. So, listen, we're not doing this. We're doing this. You know, I want you guys to run that. But, no, that happens so many times. That's what Tom Thibodeau wants them to do. You know, so I, it's, it's just horrible, man. It's, it's horrible to, to watch and stuff. But, I mean, you know, we're, we're going to be in for, for a rude awakening now if, um, if Johnny Bryan goes to Utah, you know, and then, you know, we're just going to be in a rude awakening because now, you know, Tom Thibodeau got Rick Brunson. No telling else who he's going to bring over here, you know, to be that extra assistant for him. And now, now we're stuck with this offense. And now we got his peoples that are going to be agreeing with him, you know, you know and like the, the voice is going to be so strong in the locker room. And that, that's going to be against what the front office is doing, and it's going to be against the players. It's potential to cause like like a rift in in like a, a three level rift. They got the a players mutiny. with each other, yeah, mutiny with the players and the coaches, and then the coaches in the front office. Everybody's going to be fighting each other. You know that's that's the potential that 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 um that we, we could be we could be in trouble. Yes, yeah, yeah, man. So yo, and if Johnny Bryan leaves, that's more on Tibbs to win. He has to win next yeah. season. He can't even start off the season slow. Like, he can't start off the season five and five. I'm going to call for his job. I'm already calling for his job. Wait. Yo, he can't say nothing like, like I'm trying to figure out, or oh, nah. we have to see, or oh, we're going to try. No, 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 no. No way. No way. No. None of that bullshit. Nah. He's he been feeding us that bullshit two years straight, man. The only reason why people fed into that bullshit the season before this past one is because we was winning. You know, when you're winning, the Kool-Aid tastes sweeter. But when you're losing, it shit tastes better. <laughs> and we was we was, yo, we lost we won one game in February. One game. That felt Fisdale like. And we all knew Fisdale was tanking. So no man, how many games did we win that um, when we made the? Um, well, I mean, you can't base it on the eighty-two games because it was the COVID thing. But but we 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 were a fourth seed, and then he goes from a fourth seed, which is the pinnacle, and then drops off the off the uh, off the board. Same thing that happened with with the um on Chicago sixty-two wins his first year, and then fifty-fifty whatever. Only he's only getting fifty and forty-eight and all those 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 things because of the talent. You know what I'm saying? If it was a different coach there, then then it would, it would maybe they wouldn't win a championship over there if they had a different coach. I go another route. I go another route. The teams that he has get burnt out by year three or four. So that's the reason why you see a lot of his teams get less wins per year. Because they always burnt out. Yeah. Um, Joe Noah was done when he left Chicago. He was he, done. The guy was taking steroids, illegal steroids, off the, the black market and shit, trying to get back for the Knicks, you know, because you know, he was so burnt out, you know? Yeah, Derrick Rose's career was, was almost destroyed. Luau Dang signed a contract and never really played off that contract. Ended up, you know, being in the bottom of the bench in Minnesota, bottom of the bench of the Lakers, never played for mad years because of what, what happened during his um, Chicago um, tenure. Just destroyed yeah. his body, you know, his legs and stuff. Can't even get back on the basketball court. Tibbs is scary, man. It's a scary man, man. Look at these offenses running flare screens, drag pick and rolls, multiple passes. Everybody's hustling for the ball, diving for the ball. Where the fuck was Julius at last season, man? This shit is crazy how talented he is, man. 2010 and 5. Yeah, and, and nothing, nothing. Nobody's getting cursed out. Yeah, yeah. 
You know, why? how come Phoenix is not in the finals? Because um, um, what's the name? I had to curse players out. He had to curse, um, you know, the guy that, that we've been talking about. You know, um, you know what, what's the um, what's the center from? from oh, 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 yeah. He told A and he told A he quit on the team. Yeah, he was he was he was blatantly cursing him out on the on the side when you could see it on TV. You could see him cursing him out. You could see other players patting him and stuff. So they had a problem there. Look at look at Philadelphia with with Doc Gooden, not Doc Gooden, Doc Rivers mm. and freaking um, you know, Embiid and and um and uh, what's the name uh, Harden. You know, they had the issues there too. They all pointing the finger at, at each other. You know, you know what I'm saying? They have to yell at guys to get guys motivated to play. They got all the talent in the world. How come they're not in the finals? Those two teams, Phoenix and Philly, should be in the finals. But the reason why they're not is because there's no there's no um rift. There's nobody cursing nobody out. Everybody's just playing basketball. They're playing for each other. Everybody's playing for each other. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody really com- they, like these these two teams, Celtics and Warriors, nobody really complains to the refs like that. But you can see on the court the everybody talking, the defensive leadership. You see Draymond talking every play. Like it's it's just a a, a whole different echelon. Like I'm like I asked my coworker this yesterday, and I said, "Yo, if you had, you, I'm like, yo, you see our vets, right? You see how we got bum ass vets. So you replace Evan Fournier, Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, and I say Kimball Walker." I'm like, yo, give me four random vets right now, yo. Give me four vets. Gordon Hayward, fucking DeMarcus Cousins, Patrick Beverly, or something like that. Just better vets, period. Would our team have one more games? And he was like, yeah, yo. I'm like, yeah. When you see you got a starting five, you got Alec Burks and Evan Fournier in your starting backcourt, and you're trying to tell Julius Randle, to play more better defense or Mitchell Robinson to cover for three motherfuckers or RJ Barrett, a 21 year old to guard the other team's best player. This is the result you get. This There's is exactly stress. You. It's stress. Nobody's having fun. None. Nobody's having any fun. That That's why Philly's not in the finals. That's why Phoenix is not in the finals. You know, with, yeah. Bo- with Boston and, and Golden State, there's no fighting. Everybody's playing for each other. They, 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 if they're fighting, they're fighting the other team. You know, you know what I'm saying? That they're not trying to, hey man, come on, man, we gotta do this. You, you, these guys, you're never gonna see that. You're never gonna see that unless they're, unless they're losing <laughs> at this point, they get to the finals and they, they might they're you know the game seven. All right, listen, man, we've done this before. We we got that. That's that's when those those um those um talks happen. These other teams that they, they were doing this stuff in, in the middle of the season, you know, you know, so I mean, you know, the, the Knicks are Knicks are that what well, you know to be positive, bring a positive, you know, Tom Tittle's are hiring um his own coaches now. You know, so maybe the Knicks are, are giving Tom Thibodeau more more uh, leeway and stuff, and they're going to try to cater to him and get him his guys here. So hopefully, that if he had his guys, he'll be able to, you know, um, you know, get get the offense together, get what he wants implemented. You know, I'm just saying this. You you have to play the other the other part too. His you know, so guys maybe, is here already. He he got his guys here already. I don't I don't want he don't he got enough guys here. You got Ob. You got quickly. You got Randall. Audrey. You got no, I'm talking about coaching, team. his coaching oh, staff. Coaching. He yeah, his coaches that he didn't bring any of these guys here. You know, most of the guys he got they got the do from from OKC, the do from um Cleveland, you know, the do from Brooklyn. You know, so I don't think these are guys that they're they're all in the coaching circles. But I don't think this is these are Tom Thibodeau's guys. I think uh, you know, a lot of these guys, Leon Rose was um, you know, Johnny Bryan was Leon Rose's guy. You know what I'm saying? So I, you know, I think this is just a, like like the front office doing their best job trying to get basketball minds in, in the in the organization. But I don't think Tom Thibodeau 
had really a say so much in in bringing his his guys and his philosophy here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, rightfully rightfully so. Um, think about it like this: like imagine a guy like Tibbs, and he got another guy like Mike Woodson, who was the previous head coach of the year for the Knicks. You see how much if Mike Woodson says something to Tibbs, Tibbs is going to hear Mike Woodson out. It's all about respect. So yeah, yeah. if Rick Brunson says something to Tibbs, he's going to hear him out. It's about respect. But my my thing is, will they kiss his ass too much? Like, will somebody hold Tibbs accountable? Because that's what I'm looking for. That that stuff we were subjected to last season, I don't want to have those same combos with you next season. I'm automatically ignoring that combo, and we could go right to just saying, yo, let's fire the coach, man. Let's get this fucking guy out of here. Because I, I, I don't want to – I don't want to hear about R.J. Barrett's development or we're looking at an offense and he's not in his spots where he needs to be. I'm looking straight at the coach, man. At this point, there's no development. I'm not talking about no nah. development no more. There ain't nobody nah, developing nah. in our squad no more, four or five years on the, on the team. If we, if yeah. we sign Mitchell Robinson his fifth year, it ain't no development no, no more, bro. No, no, no. You know, nah. like, uh, what's the name? R.J. is in his fourth year. Ain't no development no more, nah, man. No, no, no. No, the only person who gets the developmental – treatment is quentin grimes that's only because he's a sophomore and our 2011 our 11th pick overall this year besides those two guys and probably jericho sims and deuce mcbride besides those guys yo the rest of those dudes on the team i want to fucking hear about development man quickly i'll probably give him a pass some nights because he a 30 year player but at the same time did i give rj a pass not really so Nah, I'm not giving nobody's passes, man. These guys are like 20-something years old. They're not 19-year-olds. You know, they're not 19-year-olds. I, I give my son a pass if he pisses on himself in the bed. You know what I'm saying? But if, but if he's 25 and he pee, pees in my bed, you know what I'm saying? Motherfucker, you got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got you to get a job or something, man. You ain't going to be pissing up on the, on the the room, you know, smelling like the Lion King up in, up in the room all night long. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. you, you get what I'm saying? It's, you know, extreme, you know, you know, analogy there, but it's it's kind of the same thing. It's like, you know, these guys are old, are old they're, they're old vets. You know, they, they've been through the ringer. This this guy, um, uh, the guy, you guys just said, Quentin, Quentin Grimes, he played for um Kansas, and then he had a red shirt, went to, um, uh, not red shirt, he Houston. was transfer, and then went to Houston. So, I mean, you paid your dues in his, in his thing. You know, so you're, you don't had enough um, history, All-American, you know, Matt McDonald's All-American. I don't want to hear about no development with you, fam. You know, it, it's it's play. Let's Let's play. You're here. Let's play. I hope. I hope. Yeah, listen, man, May 4th, man. I don't care about Sim's shoulders, man. He ain't playing until <laughs> March 2023, bro. Well, that's <laughs> the next thing I wanted to add to that, but I, I couldn't down. I couldn't get the um the video up before mm -hmm. 9 because I got distracted. But anyway, you saw the workout video, right, with um Julius Randle, uh, Jericho Sims, and um what's that, Karan, um, Faron mm -hmm. Hunt? Yes. You've seen it, right? No, I did not see that video yet. I will right now, matter of fact. You didn't see the video? Mm -mm. So now I wish I would have downloaded it on, on the thing. But um, anyway, they, they they were just working out, you know. So everybody like on Twitter, you're not on Twitter now, but you know, I'm quite sure you got your ghost account. You, you're watching and shit. Yeah, but everybody's yeah, yeah. like talking about the abs. Look, look at Julius Randle's abs. He's working. Like man, what is this? Like some kind of like like um like gay porn um site now? Every every summer with these workouts, who cares? These guys are supposed to work out. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, look, if you if you want to see something, I can take my shirt off right now, and you guys will see my tits. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't I don't work out like them because I'm not a professional basketball player. You know you know what I'm saying? I, I do a podcast. You want to see my vocal cords? 
You know what I'm saying? You want to me to stick my tongue out so you can see my tongue out? Oh wow, look how his tongue is moving around in there. You know, you know what I'm saying? That, that's like it's ridiculous. Like workout videos, these motherfuckers are supposed to work out. You know, like like Curry is the greatest shooter ever. You don't think that he'd be working out? And I'm like, what the fuck, man? What what's going on here? Like, I'm tired of that shit. That shit is so fucking annoying with that working out stuff. See, yo, listen, Allen Iverson never worked out, yo. I still could still jump knee um with freaking balls or you know tickling your on your forehead when when he dunks the basketball man come on you think he ain't working out though damn the Warriors is cutting these boys up right now you don't play at the highest level of basketball and you don't work out not that's true my thing about Randall is it's interesting how he bring he puts out a fucking workout video this summer right. But the summer he got paid, you ain't see nobody picks from this motherfucker. So, and and it was reported that he came in and he was out of shape. I'm done with the whole Randall shit, man. I don't care if he worked out. He he looked. He got the body of a Greek god. He's strong as hell, but got the mental got the mental of a worm. So I don't even. I don't. I don't care. I I, I don't. Care. I still want him gone, cause I want to see Obi Toppin play. I'm ready to see. Obi Top and shout out to Obi Toppin too, because Obi Toppin today was in Foster Projects. He was in the Kingdom at a Kingdom game. He's with his father, and he was actually on on live on Instagram, um, showing showing the game and stuff. And Obi Toppin, I believe, is one of the um, what's the word I'm looking for? I think he's like a a sponsor for the um the Kingdom games. Now is like EBC is a part of Rucker Park and all of that. So shout outs to Obi Toppin, man. So shout outs to Obi Toppin. He was definitely in the hood. He was definitely in Harlem today, man. That's my boy, man. Send that boy Randall back to fucking Texas, man. Yo, man, Obi Toppin. I was in the hood today too. You know what I'm saying? I was in the hood today too. Ain't no, ain't no bitches came out. Ain't nobody threw no flowers on me. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't get no accolades. I was walking through the hood today too. You know, all week I was I was in East New York all uh, for like I was in East New York now. But I've been I've been actually working in East New York for like two three weeks. I've been in the hood. Ain't nobody, ain't no bitches came out for me. Ain't, no, ain't nobody um throwing flowers on my feet. You know what I'm saying? So my, my thing is like, bro, play basketball, fam. You know, I like like to to me like when you see him at the Kingdom. So what? I I was in the Kingdom the other day, not too long ago. Like, I was in the area. You know what I'm saying? Like like the the summer basketball is there. I'm gonna be at West Fourth all the time wearing. Uh, wearing one of these hats, okay. So if you see somebody wearing this hats, a fat Spanish motherfucker sitting in the stool, you know that's me, okay. I'm gonna be at West Forb. I'm gonna be at at Gershwin a lot, you know th- this summer, you know especially Gershwin. I'm gonna be at Gershwin a lot this summer, you know. So so I mean, you know, I'm gonna be out there. Ain't no bitches coming out for me, you know. You know what I'm saying? Oh fucking yeah. get out there, and get get it in, man. I, that motherfucking need. I hope he play. I hope he in the gym right now, man. Talking about he want to be. He want to be in false projects and shit. His ass better be in the gym right now. Yo, yo. Here's my advice for for Obi Toppin. Stay the mm-hmm. fuck out of Foster Projects, fam. Okay, you're an NBA <laughs> basketball player. You know, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're an NBA basketball player. Stay out of there. Stay stay out of the um the the hood, man. Nah, I mean, got- <laughs> it's police. Man, hey, it's police. Man, the police they ain't trying to get involved in nothing. The motherfuckers ain't trying to do nothing no more. I can walk. I can walk. Uh, I can walk through a school zone with my, with my dick in my hand, and, it, and and a cop can walk right past me and ain't gonna really say nothing to me. Nothing's gonna happen. These these cops ain't, ain't doing it like they used to. You know. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of issues in in New York City right now. 
But you know, oh, man. anyway, man, these these guys gotta get it, gotta get it in. You know, I, I, you know, these guys, you know, they like to watch basketball and being involved in in the community in their spare time. But listen, man, you know, I I, I want to see these guys. I, I want to see them playing pro am tournaments. You know, I want to see these guys getting busy, man. Play yeah. basketball, play basketball, Yo, and get better, fam. I, I was kind of mad that he wasn't playing though. That's why I, <laughs> I, I was kind of annoyed. And yo, the, the biggest thing for me, I would love to see RJ Barrett, one of those boys, pull up to um Dykeman just to play. Just to just to get a feel of the city and like connect to the city. Like I, I don't see no, I don't see enough Nick players no more. Like growing up, it was damn near Nick player every other summer coming to the coming to EBC, coming to Rucker Park. I remember Jamal Crawford pulled up. He pulled up to he pulled up to the Rucker and Dykeman that same summer. So yeah. I, I would like to see that more. I would like to yeah. see my just my Nick players just trying to get better like every day, but also connecting with the community. And motherfucker, you have forced the projects, Obi Toppin. Did you call Mo Bomber? Because <laughs> Mitchell Robinson, because I'm still, I'm scared about the center position. I'm seeing Mitchell Robinson. He still got on Nick gear. He's still posting pics with his Nick gear on. So I don't know if that means he's going to resign or not. Obviously, I got him on my goddamn hoodie. My boy Mitch, Obi, quickly, RJ Barrett. So, I, I'm hoping he resigns, man. I, I really like these boys, man. Damn. And, and uh, I, I want to see the third quarter, 21 point difference, franchise record in the finals. The Warriors had 14. I mean, the Celtics had 14 points, and the Warriors had 35. That's crazy, man. I'm looking at it too. Um, well, looking at the the score, really, 89 to 64, right? Is that that's the score you see? Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm actually watching the game right now. The Warriors putting their foot on their neck. That's basically what this game is about. But but you know, like in in the finals in, in previous years, even going back to the Lakers and the Celtics back in the days, two great teams. Like that, there's been times in the finals where Boston will blow out the Lakers by thirty. You know, you know what I'm saying that that type of thing. You know, so it does happen. Great teams get blown out sometimes. Sometimes they be like, you know what, you got it this game. You know, we're gonna come at you the next one. You know, so you know it it could be that that too. Yeah, man. Uh, well, hopefully it is that. Yeah. Um, Yo, I, I'll shout out to, to CEC, Mac. I see you, man. I'm going to be a Dirk. Don't, don't duck the one-on-one. Listen, man, I can't play one-on-one right now. But <laughs> listen, I, I, I am trying to get myself together. I've, I've been um trying to eat right. That's the first thing. Get get my food together, um, my, my vitamins and stuff like that to get my energy up. I feel good that way. So I got my little stuff. I've been working out. So 1v1s is something that I'm going to be looking to do. Um, Not <laughs> June 5th, but maybe... uh. Maybe after Fourth of July, maybe we'll we'll see, man. We'll see after Fourth of July. Maybe maybe I'll start pulling up and um, you know, challenging, you know, asking for for some um for some help, some sure. run for sweat or something like that. Yo, Jordan Poole, yo. And this is this my another thing about the Knicks. Like I'm looking at the guys that the Warriors got on the court. They is destroying the Celtics. This is this, whew, I knew they was gonna win game two, but yeah. you see a guy like um Blencia. I, I, I don't even know how to say his goddamn name. Euro guy. Yo, he played tough minutes today and spaced the floor, switching on defense. Yo, we don't have no guys like that, like unselfish guys. Like, why the fuck every vet we get feel like, feel like they need to play on ball all the fucking time? Alec Burke? Alec Burke is not that guy? No, fuck him. He won it. Yo, he, oh my. It's not he won. It's not he won. It's Tom Thibodeau's making him. Right? Tom Thibodeau can make me eat pork too. He can make me what? Get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> nah, but 
Nah, it's, I, yo, I disagree with this. I disagree with this because I disagree with this because if you're watching the game, Draymond should have been thrown out the game in the second quarter when him and, and Jalen Brown had that spat, but they didn't want to give them double text. Yo, you gotta call that. You gotta call that shit fair. It's the finals, bro. Nobody ain't trying to hear that. That's self shit. That's soft shit. But at the same time, I hope you're watching the finals to see that the Knicks is two years away from being two years away. You motherfuckers want to trade R.J. Barrett for Donovan Mitchell. You want to trade R.J. Barrett for Damian Lillard. All you motherfuckers, I hope this season told you don't try to buy your championship. I hope this season told all of you guys that shit. Well, you know, the, the Celtics beat the Warriors last year, uh, last game by 12. You know, so what happens? You know, they, they got smoked today. So you know you let um the, what who where are they playing right now? Are they playing? They playing in Golden State? In Golden State, yep. Right. So I mean, the Celtics already did their job. They already beat them the game one. They weren't they weren't supposed to win game one, and they beat them game one. So Celtics did their thing. They got to go to Boston. So now in Boston, when you get there, now the Golden State Warriors are going to have to steal a game in Boston in order to be in the series. So you know if if Golden State wins tonight and then Boston um, wins um, sweeps Boston the first those two games. You know, you know, saying now you had now you're in trouble. The the momentum will be in Boston's hand. You know, so that that's that's what um, the Celtics are hoping for. I mean, Celtics better hope for much. Celtics lose next game. It's this this finals is over. It's gonna be over in like six though. But Celtics gotta win this next game for it to go to seven. Just just experience from the Warriors. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they if they if um the Celtics um lose the the next game too, right? And then, but then they win game four, then it's just two and two. Yeah, yeah. And the series starts but, over again. But I think game five is in is at Golden State because um Boston stole home court advantage, so that's why Golden State they gotta win that next. They gotta win uh, game three. They gotta win Game Three. That's yeah. that's a must win for them. That's not a must win for the for the Celtics. I think yeah. Game Four would be a must win for the Celtics, right. just because they don't they're not as experienced as Golden State. Yeah, that's why that's why right today I'm not really watching the game so much because that Game Three, you know, because you kind of assume I should have put some damn money on on the freaking Golden State man, but you know you kind of assume that Golden State will win this game. But um, that, like you said, that that third game is going to be super important. So I will be watching that third game. You know, and you know, uh, you know, hopefully I can watch it. You know, watch it live somewhere. But yeah. you know, that's definitely going to be a big time game. Yeah, yeah, I got to keep my tradition going, man. I watched every single finals every single year, just to see like how my my team could get better. And I still don't see how the next year. Yeah, I mean, you know, back to back on topic with this, um, um, you know, Quinn Snyder situation, Johnny Bryan possibly, you know, taking a, a super opportunity. You know, if they, if they, if if Utah was a presenter, that that's a major opportunity to become a head coach in the NBA, mm-hmm. man. You know, what I'm saying another young young black um, uh, coach, bright coach. He's not not that that they've given him, you know, giving him the job. You know, he's a bright person. And he 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 um deserves that that job, especially he came up in their organization as an assistant coach and they won you know you know during that time you know they i think 48 wins was the with the was the least amount of wins that they had or whatever they won last year you know under snyder you know so nah, they snyder, won. snyder solid snyder solid even though he looked like a mob boss he remind me of a mob boss yo he looked like fettuccine like he looked like one of those guys I got on. Um, we got Tom Thibodeau as the Joker, right? But if um if Snyder was here, I, I would have him as um the Riddler, like the original <laughs> OG the Riddler from um the original Batman show. 
That's yeah. what it reminds me of. Yeah, you mean oh Snyder. Nah, uh yeah, that's my last question, yeah. Snyder leaves. I mean, Johnny Bryant leaves, right? And because that was me, that was my successor for the Knicks. I said, yeah, I wanted Johnny Bryant as the next Nick head coach. So this is an interesting name that I keep saying. Now it's Mark Jackson. Now for me, I ain't gonna lie to you, dog. That's my number one. Like he's number one on my list. Like <laughs> if Johnny Bryant, yeah, Mark Jackson. I want Mark Jackson for Utah or for the Knicks. For the Knicks, if Johnny Bryant was to leave, because I don't think Thibodeau's gonna stay long at the. Once Johnny Bryant leaves, that was the glue. Once the glue leaves, the last piece of glue. Tibbs is done because the locker room gonna have a mutiny against them. Them young boys, ah, you know, he's screaming a lot. So, you know, Johnny Bryan leaves, go to Utah. Tibbs get fired. Who you think James Dolan gonna call for the next Nick head coach? So that so people won't be like sell a goddamn team. You yeah, know, man. Mark getting that call. Yeah, there's there's a reason why I got the um you know Mr. Dolan here playing that guitar there, man. I, I want him to play that guitar. You know, for as long as he can. I don't. I don't want him involved in nothing, man. I, I hear you. I hear. You. Well, you better make sure that that next big head coach after Tibbs is a guy that oh, is a religious player. <laughs> it, I, it is, man. You know, the Mormons and stuff like that. They they believe not not that they believe, but there's a lot of polygamy going on in Utah and stuff. So you know, maybe they they'll take a Mark Jackson over there. You know, it's Mark Jackson action. Mark action Jackson will never ever coach in Utah, man. And yes, he is being blackballed for the NBA. We all know why. Um yeah, he was wilding though. But I mean he, he's a Christian, so like it's like like all all the Christian, you know, like preachers and stuff like that, if, if they're coming up like that, they they they're required to go out in the public and and um, preach. You know what I'm saying? So he found a street corner somewhere and started preaching with his with his people. So that's what that's what basically got him in trouble. You know, him doing that. You know what I'm saying? So um, I mean I get it. You know, I, I, I get, I get it, but I mean, I think weird. what he got in trouble for was something more. Eh, fuck it, like basically, one of his staffers was one of his staffers was gay. He's a religious man. He didn't want a gay staff on his staff. Basically, that's what it was. That's why he's being blackballed. Shit. <laughs> hey, if you want me to give it to, that's the rawest I could give it. That's basically how. how yeah, I mean, who cares, man? Gay people. That, that's the thing. I, I, like, I like, like, like people are afraid to talk about about gay people and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't give a shit about it. But yeah. I think where Rob the Warriors management wrong. I think um, one of the Warriors made the one of the owners is gay, and right. I think that that I think the owner didn't like the fact that Mark Jackson didn't want um that said guy on his coaching staff. And that said, guy was. Well, look at Adam Silver. Is Adam Silver um a homosexual? Uh, shit, I don't know. I don't know if he got a wife and shit, man. All that's, I know. That's the thing too. That, that's what I want to say too. Like, like um, everybody knows Eru or whatever. You you assume that I am married or whatever. Like you see my kids and stuff like that. Like I, I'm I'm assuming because you said you had girlfriends and on Twitter you like to tell people that you get a lot of sex on Twitter and stuff like that. But I, I don't know if you like guys too. You know what I'm saying? I don't know shit about you. But my, my thing is like, who cares? Uh, who gives a shit? Nah, you're who right. I, I don't who, give a fuck. Yeah, like, like this this month is June. June is like 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 um gay pride um month. Like so it's like okay, cool. Like 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 it's not like heterosexuals be be like, hey, this is heterosexual pride month, 
and we're gonna talk about like, hey, I like to fuck bitches. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's like crazy. Like, like who who cares? You know? Yeah, I, 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 I guess. I, that's the best I got for you, Evil. I, I try to give it to you, get, tell you the rawest I can, man. That, that, I think yeah. that it stems from that situation. And yeah, definitely. I, I, I don't think teams want that blowback. Um, but I do think that I do think that the next Knicks head coach head coach opening will go to Mark Jackson. I think that after like a few years, I think like one or one or two more years. Probably one or two more years. I think the NBA will allow him back in because it's going to be a topic every summer until he gets hired. And I think the only place that can hire him that it sounds respectable and he won't get the most he won't get the most blowback is the New York Knicks. Jason Kidd literally didn't he cheat on his wife or something or hit a woman or he was drunk or some shit. Like didn't he do some crazy shit and the Lakers didn't want to give him the job. They gave him the assistant coach job, but now he's the head coach of Dallas. And nobody brings that up, so I, I just think you know yeah, he waits another year. He had his own part. Yeah. His wife did like um, it was like a lot of domestic stuff. Police had to come, you know. He got arrested. I, I'm not sure if he got arrested for it, but but mm-hmm. apparently he like bruised her or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, he was and he he he's, he 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 said it too that he's an, he was an alcoholic. You know, all he right. had a problem drinking. All right. You know. so, all right. Shout out to JK. It's it's good that that man at least let it know. Listen, I'm an alcoholic too, JK, but I ain't gonna put my fucking hands on a woman. So I'm glad you don't. Well, <laughs> you listen, man. Not. Like, if you if you get the experience with 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 women in in this world, man, anything can happen. To tell you the truth, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you you just have to see the right one. You be with the right one, or fall in love with the right one, or make a baby with the right one. Uh, what's what's the dude? Ocho Cinco? What that? What's that chick? Evelyn that he was with? Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you if you dating a chick named like Evelyn, the way that she be mouthing off and saying any, any kind of stuff, and she has no problems putting a hand on you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're gonna headbutt her too. Eventually. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? Because I mean, Ocho Cinco for him to head, you know what you gotta gotta do to headbutt somebody? <laughs> Headbutting somebody is restraint. You know, what I'm if you're that mad, if you're that mad, and you're just like, oh, and you just, and you just go boom like that like that that's that's restraint you know because who headbutts anybody you know like like the freaking 80s wrestlers and stuff like that nobody headbutts people you know you know what i'm saying shit is crazy you know what i'm saying what did he bite her and bite her too like what the fuck like george animal steel or whatever shit is cool. like a wild samoan headbutting people like a wild samoan nobody does that so you know he didn't want to put his hands on her but but she probably was in his face hitting him and stuff like that what are you supposed to do you know what I'm saying? So every like God forbid that anybody gets in no situation like that. Look at Johnny Depp for Christ's sake. That his girl was <laughs> in his bed. Literally shit his bed. You know what I'm saying? If my wife get mad at me and she and she shits up shits next to me, I think I might choke the shit out of her. Oh man, I think I might I might I think I might tell her square up. Oh man, Devon, I'm coming back to Twitter. I got a ghost account right now, man. But I'm coming back on Twitter officially. Officially, so it's either three things: the Knicks pisses me off draft night. I'm gonna make an account. And I'm gonna put out a video immediately. <laughs> so that's the first thing. First way they could get me to come back to Twitter real fast. The second way is um, July first. The Knicks piss me off with free agency. They do some dumb shit like don't trade Julius Randle or they just keep everybody and they say, we're going to do continuity for three years straight. And 
The third thing is the first game of summer summer league. That's the latest I'm going to wait. Is the first game of summer league. So that day is when I come back. But I'm pretty sure it's New York draft night. And it's gonna be draft night. <laughs> I absolutely know it's gonna be draft night. The freaking just cue cue the um the, what do you call the 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 Don's like, hate, hate me now music dun, 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 and the fire and flames just just but, cue that but shit. I think it's gonna be I, the one hope, hope I got is I think the Knicks will trade up draft night, but it's just it's still a wait and see. Like I being a Knicks fan for twenty one years, man, all we had was hope. <laughs> That's all you, all you got is hope, man. You know, not for nothing. All these years, that what got me through it is hanging out with fans and stuff. You know, at the time, like you know, I wasn't doing podcasts like twenty years ago. You know, but you still find your fans wherever you find them. At at that time, it was message boards. I used, I was in the message boards like crazy. So I used to be hanging out with people from message boards and stuff like that, doing meetups and and just yeah. I actually went to freaking Toronto. You know, I went on a romantic drive with four. Speaking of <laughs> you know, rainbow, I went like on a romantic drive to Toronto with like like three other Knicks fans. Stayed in a hotel with them for like four days and everything, man. You want to talk about that? So I mean, you know, you know, there's no matter what the what's going on, social media wise or whatever, that we always gonna find each other. So we 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 are the ones that got us through that, you know. Yeah, man, that's a fact. Yo, I firmly, yo, I. What me and Daha have been talking about for months, man. Get us a young coach, a minority, somebody. Well, I want a minority head coach. Me personally. I mean, Johnny Bryant's the guy, though. Johnny Bryant's the guy. Yeah, he's him. Yeah, but if Utah offer him the bag, man, how we going? We can't stop this. Then who is it then? If it ain't Johnny Bryant, and Johnny Bryant goes and get his get not the bag, but just gets the opportunity of a lifetime to run his own NBA team, then um, then where do we go? Mark Jackson, man. man, That motherfucker old as hell. He about as old as Tom Thibodeau. I don't give a shit. (laughs) I want Mark Jackson. I want somebody like even if he lie, like I'm gonna believe him. <laughs> that's that's he's a good same. coach. You know, he's a good uh, coach. Period. Yeah, yeah, he is a good coach though. He's solid. His offense was horrible, but he's a damn good coach though. And he got those boys to play hard. Well, you know, Mark Jackson's offense, it was basically like what, what he knows, the point guard running the offense. He was a point guard ran offense when he, when when he was the coach. You know, yeah. he had a traditional power forward at the time with David Lee. David Lee made the you know, that type of thing. You know, so that, that's how he ran it. But once once um Curry got there, he flipped it, added some Phoenix moves, um, you know, D'Antoni stuff that he learned from D'Antoni into the mix, and you know, it is what it is. Yeah, not listen, I don't I don't I don't try to compare. I, I would never compare Mark Jackson to Tibbs, man. Mark Jackson. Yo, I, I think Mark Jackson, I think they're both great coaches. But I think they're great coaches depending on where your team is at. So yeah. You know, I think I think Mark Jackson would be great for us right now. And Tibbs would be better for the Knicks. And like, well, Tibbs would be damn near 70 when he made ready. So <laughs> Yo, Kenny Atkinson, man, you know, hindsight is 2020. Kenny Atkinson was the guy we should have hired. Woo, my only beef with Kenny Atkinson was well, I had no beef. I ain't gonna say well, check out what, what he did with, with the Nets when he was with the Nets and he had D'Angelo Russell and um you know Spencer Spencer Dinwood when they first got there. You know, mm-hmm. and just put just um just remember what he did then and then now add RJ uh you know 
you know, uh, you know, all the guys that we have, you know, whoever quickly and add Obi and all this other stuff, add those guys, and then that's basically what we would have been. Something yeah. close to that, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. It, Foundation. It, it depends. It depends because you got to also think, um, you got to also think drafting and, and, um, and other like upper management stuff like that. Because a guy like, yo, I agree with that. That I agree with too, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that. Sam Cassell deserves to be a, a head coach. Shit, I'll take Sam Cassell. Me too. Shit. I I always wanted I, another thing besides the minority point about my next Nick head coach. I always wanted a Knicks head coach to be like a point guard. So I know we had Derek Fisher, but Derek Fisher, he wanna fuck teammates' wives and um, <laughs> you know, that shit don't fly. But it's crazy when Derek Fisher had got fired. He was only, I think he was 22 and 23. It's, so it's, you know, it had Listen, Derek Fisher, you know, like, like you said, he, he got, he got a problem with messing with teammates and, and like his, is his, um, you know, his team's wives and girlfriends. He got a problem with doing that. But then what did he do right after that? He was coaching the WNBA. So what the hell? Yeah. For, for a dude that, that got a problem with, with uh, messing with all these women, he said, hey, let me hire him to be my head coach. Yeah, yeah. Matt Barnes almost tried to kill him. Freaking Clean Anthony Early got shot, you know, almost got killed all over, over the over the chick that he was with. You know, you know what I'm saying? But hey, let's make him uh, the head coach of a WNBA team. Shit. I, I mean, that's life for you. And yo, Kenny Atkinson is wasting. Yo, this guy killed Nick Nurse. You know what I would do to get Nick Nurse as the Knicks head coach? I would cut off my leg to get Nick Nurse over here. Are you shitting me? I don't Nick give a Nurse. shit if you're fucking purple. If you could coach, motherfucker, I want you on my team. But for the Knicks, though, just for my team that I've been watching for 21 years, I would like to have a minority. Mike Miller could go fuck himself four times over. Why? Fuck Why? Me. What did Mike Miller do? Oh, he is one of the worst coach. Yo, I hate that dude, yo. Mike Miller fixed what what um what uh this guy was trying to do. He ain't had to fix nothing. He fixed Mike Miller was able to get um uh Julius Randle together. I'm saying I, I don't know how you could say anything negative about Mike Miller. There was nothing that happened during his tenure that was negative. Fuck him. What he did when when Fizdell was four and eighteen, right? You still starting the vets over Knox and Frank. You win 21 games. Where is Knox and Frank right now? That's not my that's not a part of my narrative. That's not, <laughs> part, of, not part of my narrative. I don't care. They're the garbage. Not, They're gonna be next, year they to next to me. Okay. At Dykeman. It's not a part of my narrative. You could have started Frank and Knox. Where is Frank and Knox? Hold on. One less than 21 games. You did not have to subject me to watch Alfred Payton and Mo Harkless after the fucking All-Star break. For us to win 21 games, for us to draft Julius Randle's backup, and for me to have to bitch for the next three years about why Obi Toppin doesn't get more. So you blame Mike Miller for that? Yes! What? Yo, Mike yeah. Miller, if he if he so we so you demanded Mike Miller because he tried to win? Yes! Wait, yes! Are you kidding me? Did you yeah, that, that's career suicide for a guy like Mike Miller? But no. where's Mike Miller right now, too? Where is he right now? He's in OKC right now, so fuck him. But the point I'm trying to make is 
he was trying to co- he was coaching for his job. He wasn't coaching for the future of the team. If he was coaching for the future of the no, team, nothing, nothing, played, nothing. Well, I, I'm not playing Kevin Knox or or Frank Nilakini either. All right, so then that's when you get gifted Obi Toppin, Julius Randle's backup, and now two, three, two, three years later, now me and you talking about well, how the fuck can we get Randle? But Mike Miller didn't draft Obi Toppin. Our twenty-one wins did, so we could have won eighteen games and probably had a shot at Lamelo Ball, you know. But you know, Mo Harkless is really good. Where's Mo Harkless and Alfred Payne right now? Where is Kevin Knox and and um and Frank Nilakina right now? Where's Moody? You see how we can go down this route? But no, where is Knox? Because you were arguing about Knox and Frank. Where are Knox and Frank right now? Well, too trashed in the trash heap. Frank right now is going to get another contract for another NBA team. Um, Kevin Knox right now is he, he better be working on his damn game because you know, he needs to work on his damn game. He needs to uh, retire and just become a professional um, a Fortnite player. That's what he needs to do. Yeah, oh, cut your bullshit. You know how I many NBA players I've seen go from eight po- averaging eight points to like 15 points in a season, man? You're you going to get better, man. The Knicks, Knicks love mid-basketball players. That's their fucking problem. They just got out of loving mid-basketball players probably like last year. Knicks love mid. We've always been used to mid. That's why I think that's why a lot of fans defend defended tips this past season because they were so used to you when you've seen eight like seven eight straight years of losing it takes its toll on you so anything that happens that's good you're gonna take it and run with it so that fourth seed these dudes think tips is god he's a god to you if all you seen was seven straight years of losing and you get one winning season how can that man can't do no wrong to you if Mike Miller was a starting coach at the beginning of this year, I think we would have been better than Tom Thibodeau. Mike Miller, he could go fuck himself, man. I, 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 I don't understand why well, you got to say Mike Miller got to go fuck himself. Because he <laughs> doesn't try to win? The, yes! Because he did the right thing? Yes. If, yeah. we, if we would have kept, listen, or forget all that. If we would have kept Mike Miller, do you think we would have won more games than, than, than with Tom Thibodeau? What, this, this past season? Yes. Interesting. It's, it's interesting. I don't. I don't want to disrespect Tom Thibodeau because <laughs> it's a you know I never had that. Thing. But, but but Mike Miller was like a like a, a big time um, G League coach. He was like holding down. You know, speaking of G League coaches, um, uh, you want to talk about a uh, young uh, black uh, up and coming coach? Um, the G League coach that we have has been doing his thing the last few years. He took over for Mike Miller, and he's been doing his thing too. Um, running that 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 organization, winning, you know, winning with those guys down in Westchester. Uh, next G League coach. Yeah, I gotta Google his name. He, he's a former player, I believe. I'll let you do it. Is Gianna Giap? No. Diop, I hope I'll never see Diop ever in life, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, I was man. leaving it to you to, to Google it, but I guess I'm gonna have to Google it. His name is Giannis Giap, whatever his name is. African dude. He's, no, it's, it's um Derek Austin. Derek Austin. Oh, I thought it was DJ DJ man. Oh man, <laughs> I don't know what that dude is doing. He's probably back in Africa with his, his you know, sitting on a rock somewhere with his balls hanging out. Fucking <laughs> goat with a goat herd or some shit. Oh yeah. With like seven wives. <laughs> living the life, <laughs> living the fucking life. You know what I'm saying? 
No, no, but here's the thing. The, the one positive thing about what about Mike Miller and Randall, Mike Miller got Randall to stop doing that stupid ass spin move. That's exactly. So he did discipline him, not necessarily discipline, but he just had him, you know, uh, if you want to compare the beginning, Mike Fisdale and, and then, um, you know, Mike Miller, it was night and day. He just he just totally simplified Mike Miller's, um, not Mike Miller, Julius Randle's game. Julius Randle, I think he put like 40 something on Ennis Canner or whatever the hell, you know, so he, so he started playing better. So, you know, imagine what Mike Miller could have done if, Imagine what Fizdale could have done if we would have just kept him that whole season. He could have won fifteen games. If you want to talk about fuck somebody? He, fuck he, Fizdale, man. Nah, 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 nah. He did the right thing. He tanked because he lost, season. man. You don't reward people for losing, man. He he tanked, and, and he was trying to win. He tanked. He wasn't tanking. He was trying to win. He got us RJ Barrett. He tanked. He got us RJ Barrett, and then the very next season, he was on his way to get us Lamelo Ball. Like we was on the route. He's on our He's on our way. Fisdale was actively trying to win. And, you know, that was better for us because we was 4 and 18 when he got fired. And I was ready to be 4 and 36. <laughs> because Man, that, that is another fight right there. That's another fight right there. But, nah, you know, it's I'm not, not, not going to say fight, fuck Mike Miller and then say, hey, yo, Fisdale, you're the man. Like, hells no, man. That's, no, no, like, no. that is, that's crazy. Fisdale was horrible in his own right. But the point I'm trying to make is Fizdale was 4-18. and 18. We could have kept him the whole season, let that man win 15 games, and then we could have fired his ass at the end of the season and got a higher draft pick. So two years from now, me and you could be talking about, yo, what is R.J. Barrett and, and, and Anthony Edwards doing? Well, are, are they are they all playing the offseason together? But, nah, we having convos about, yo, are we going to trade Julius Randle? No, Obi Toppin put 42 up on some unknown players last game of the season. <laughs> so, so, man, it, 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 it's tough, man. Well, it, I mean, Paris, Paris, you, you the man, Paris, one of my favorites. But, I mean, anybody's behavior. Who, like, to control one person to control another person, you know, that you're talking about jail. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, <laughs> you're yeah. talking about institution. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like what? coaching, uh, being a coach, you're not a warden. Yeah, you know what I'm let that man, let that man be emotional. Like we, we not, we not saying take the man emotions away. We ain't trying to. What's the the, the lion and the ten man from from? <laughs> we ain't trying to do that to him. Yeah, the only thing that, that you're gonna do to stop somebody's a grown man's behavior or control a grown man's behavior is only thing I can think of is jail. That's it. A grown. It's two things that could control a group. No, three things. It's ego, jail, and your wife. <laughs> well, what's ego? How do you do the, well, the wife, of course. <laughs> You're not talking too loud. So look at the door and make sure the door don't bust open on me. You know, but like, you know, what do you mean by ego, though? Um... Ego is a lot, man. A man's ego, uh, having a man do some some dangerous things or having a man make stupid-ass decisions just off of ego and pride. Ego and pride, I'm all in one. Yeah, well, I guess a young man. No. Young and old. Old motherfuckers have strong egos too now. Yeah, like like you tell – well, anyway. <laughs> like, just to, just to add on to that <laughs> – I was going to say something crazy. But, you know, to add on to that, you could say a gun. That's the only thing that's going to stop a, a grown man's, um, control a grown man, sh shoot him in the, in the face. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Stab him in the chest. You know, 
don't know. Control. No, that's the only way, you know. Kill ego. Kill pride. So Kel Tibble gotta gotta go um gotta go um you know you know do something do something strange with, with Julius Randle's wife and that's that's how he's gonna stop him. <laughs> that's wow. So we need to get Fisher back. We need to get Fisher back in the mix. <laughs> Fisher is gonna be an assistant coach with the Knicks now, and we're gonna get Julius Randle back in, in check. Oh yeah, you don't get Randall fall in line. Listen, man, young fella, you don't fall in line. No, nah, you see your wife over there. <laughs> hey, listen, young fella. <laughs> Yo, Derek Fisher will be like this. He'll pick up the phone and be like, uh, uh you want to keep talking shit? He just <laughs> hey Brandon, hey, what's going on? <laughs> Fisher, how you doing? Like uh, oh, man. keep fucking around. <laughs> oh man. Yo, no, no, no. Paris Duggar. The Knicks definitely did they disciplined Randall for that, but I don't think. That's how they disciplined. I think the Knicks secretly suspended Randall. And because remember, I, they did Randall play that next game. I don't think he played that next game. Well, after the after the thumbs after down. the debacle, yeah, after the debacle with the whole laptop thing, I don't think he played the next game. Yeah, I don't think he did. But I think he got secretly suspended for that game, and he got fined. Randall got over two hundred. Thousand and fines this season. Yeah, he did. He did. So when the, I think I think he probably got fined. But also I think behind the scene I think he got suspended. Yeah, because I got think quite benched too. Game, huh? Like the last few games he got quietly benched too. You know, because of the BS. Because I don't yeah. think he was hurt. I think it was like, yo man, get your ass up out of here. Go go sit down. Last few games when we're out of the fucking playoffs, Rand- yo Randall and Tips could go fuck themselves. That's dead serious. But, you know, state the losing thing. You can't. You can't force a. Can't get mad at the team because they try to win. You can't. That's something you can't do. I can't. But at the same time, it's like, come on, man. You motherfuckers should know the landscape. Y'all and y'all, y'all should see what I'm seeing. If you're seeing your rosters doo doo, how you're going to improve your roster? You have to take two steps back to move three steps. Yeah, but we we are in agreement though. Like if if we would have played quote unquote the young guys that are like 21, 23 years old. If we would have played those guys, we would probably would have won. You probably would have still won. It's a double-edged sword. But we still would win. Like that's what happened at the end. At the end with the, all these meaningless games, Obi Toppin, he did, he, you know, he did drop 40 on bums, but we won. But all those games that they that he had 40, you know, and 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 quickly was getting triple doubles with 30 something points per game. You know, we shouldn't have been winning those games. You know, but but we can't we can't help it because we got we have talent on the roster. That speaks volumes to, for the, the the player management and development and, and the infrastructure. At least we know the young guys can win games, right? It's not like we're arguing about a Frank Nellikina, Kevin Knox, or what's it, Clay Anthony early. Um, who else we drafted? Ron Baker, Othella Harrington, uh, Frederick Wise, you know. It, it, well, listen, there's, there's guys on the team. Like, if the Knicks were playing like Ryan Arcanado, Ar- Ar- Wayne Shelton, and Fern Hunt, and and uh, who, who else saw uh, Matt Matt Mooney at the end, and if he was playing those guys at the end, you know, then then um then you could talk about the Knicks. Oh, yo, the Knicks are tanking, you know. But yeah. if we did that, the NBA would have fined us big time. They would have said, yo, yeah, yeah, motherfuckers, you you, you legit not playing ten guys, be um uh, and playing these bums forty minutes, nah, and nobody's no, hurt. He was doing that. Okay, she's doing that. 
OKC is is not like the Knicks though. The, the OK, OKC is is um you know they they're gonna lose anyway. They're not trying to win over there. They 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 play all their 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 players over there. You know, so if OKC does it, it start playing like the bottom bottom guys. You know, it, it's not gonna look as obvious as the Knicks. You know, all of a sudden not playing any playing ten guys and playing the the last five. Um, you know, Ferran Hunt forty minutes. You know that would that would be crazy. I think they would find the Knicks for that. Take a draft pick or something. <laughs> Uh, right for real though, I'm saying like if the Knicks really, really would tank like that, and there's no injuries, you know they they have they would have to lie on the injury report and all that stuff. They they probably would take a draft pick from the Knicks if they did some shit like that. I don't know. I don't know if they probably would, man. Because we've seen other teams do it. We've seen other teams do it too. You, yeah, but some. Nah, nah. Team... I, I ain't going for it, Josh. I oh, like good, Josh. I like Clay Anthony early when we drafted him. I thought he was going to be Danny Granger. I ain't even going to lie. Because, yo, that tournament that he played in, I was specifically watching him. And it's crazy how we wasn't watching Fred Van Fleet. But, you know, I was specifically watching him. Hey, yo, he looked like the best out of all three of those guys. But, you know, once again, Knicks picked wrong. Well, I mean, you know, what was the name of the white guy that that played with him? Um, that we had on on our team, the the point guard, the white dude, Ron Baker. Yeah, Ron Baker. Ron Baker was a was a stud in college. He used to, he was playing really really good for for um for the same team that Clanthy was on. Yeah, he you was. Yeah, he was a stud in college, and then he went to the NBA and forgot how to make layups and stuff. Fucked out. So I mean, it's what it is. Ron Baker. There you go. Shout out to Eric L. Shout out to all you motherfuckers, man. I, I didn't even shout out to you guys because they um surprised me and and. Put himself on the podcast. You know, I only plan on doing 30 minutes, and this motherfucker comes in here now. Now look at this shit. A whole another hour and 15 minutes added to the show. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh man. Yeah, but shout out to everybody that's that's on here, man. Shout out to you guys, man. Yeah, Wichita State. Wichita State. Yeah, yeah, Wichita, yeah, Wichita State, man. They they had they had a squad, man. They had they just had like they had a lot of players that, that made it either made it to the NBA or or playing overseas or something. They had a lot of talent on that squad. In Paris, you are definitely right about this because Charlotte and Miami definitely needed those games. So from the standpoint of the teams that we played that was fighting for playoff spots, yes. But if you're like, it depends on who you talk to, Paris. Like you, it, it could be one guy who say, man, I don't give a fuck about those regular, in the end of the regular season games. I've been seeing random NBA players have triple doubles at, at the end of regular season games. So it's people like that, or it's people like me, um, who will gas it up and be like, "Yo, man, Obi Toppin needs to be my star power forward moving forward," and I don't need to see thirty anymore. So it, it depends, well, there's, man. There's so many different narratives. I mean, you were saying play the kids. A lot of people um, were copying your words, saying play the kids. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying. That that is like a catchphrase on Twitter now because of you. You know, <laughs> speaking of which, you know, like, like State is now on Twitter, and you know, I I brought it to State's attention. Um, for for one guy, there was there was something else too that I, I forgot. I got distracted, but pe- people are straight up using State's um um catchphrases all over Twitter, like 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 it's all good. I, what's wrong with y'all, man? And then uh, these same people are the ones that want to argue with him, all that, and probably the ones that are flagging him to get him to get him booted off of Twitter. You know, saying so, so I'm, wa- I'm watching you guys, man. I'm staying out of out of conversations on Twitter. Specifically because of that, you know, you know what I'm saying. You guys know who you are because you guys are watching. You guys are watching and listening. The ones that are copying um all the all the all the catchphrases and all that other stuff. You know what I'm saying. If you're gonna do that, at, at least for the very least, show love. 
You know, showing showing love is is um is is much easier than than being a a, cl a closet hater. You know, because because people that are paying attention on Twitter, you know, like you know what I'm talking about. I know. You know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're a fan <laughs> of this show, if you're a fan of this show, and like watching um, watching me and State talk to each other or whatever, then you know for a fact that certain people are just straight up um uh, plagiarizing like whole things that 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 we say on here. You know, so this shit is fucking whack, man. Yeah, shit, yeah, that shit is crazy. I'll be watching, I'll be watching on YouTube. So when I get back on YouTube, it, I know how to move it and stuff like that. Sure. I would just curse you out for my burner account. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to answer you for my real account because I learned my lesson. But a lot of hating goes on on Twitter. I ain't even gonna hold you up. Yeah, a lot it's not, of it's not even hiding. It's not even subliminal. It's just straight up. Like, not it's even subliminal, and it's really bad. And what's crazy is. Motherfuckers want to have videos now on Twitter. Like, I, I, it was so much. I'm like, now all you do is putting out videos. Come on now, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, people are gonna copy that stuff, man. But straight up, like the what? What was the what was the phrase that that, that he was saying? Oh, um, damn. What, what what did that send you? What play the kids? Oh, MSG politics is undefeated. Yes, oh, that on, man. line is specifically for my guy. Shout out to my guy South. He said, um. We was, I think we was talking about politics in 2019. And then he <laughs> this, I said, well, MSG got some politics. MSG politics is undefeated. And me and you had like countless arguments on that on that subject plenty of times on here yelling and screaming at each other. You know, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is, man. So I it, the one thing I will say though that it kind of messed messed up was like the the um the clothes situation. That's probably the only thing I really messed up, but I, I I get everything situated back by the middle of August. I get everything situated back because once I I had uploaded a Twitter recently, I got like I got five hundred followers in like one day, so I know I could like literally just jump on and just literally just add everybody because everybody know who the hell I am anyway, so. Yeah. They need to stop stealing my fucking phrases, man. I'm fucking watching y'all, man. Yeah, and you, but my thing is like it's like like um stealing it is like the biggest like what they say like the the greatest flattery and stuff like that. But but at least give the credit, like goddamn, you know what I'm saying? What's the matter with y'all? Shit is bugged out. Yeah. Hey, fourth, what shit you got to steal, man? <laughs> 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 We gotta start a. We gotta start a. Uh, what they call a, a GoFundMe for uh for May Fourth to get his shit back, right? <laughs> oh man! Yo. Oh shit! So Warriors slap the Celtics. <laughs> slap these guys around. Yeah, shout out to May Fourth. May Fourth is the, is one of the best on here, man. Definitely yeah, man. one of the best on YouTube. May Fourth. Not, not just on my channel. You know everybody else's channel. They pop in and stuff. Sherwin, all you guys, man. Shout out to um. Uh, New York Knicks with the Y, you know, <laughs> all these guys, man, all, all you motherfuckers, Bagger Jones, you know, shout out to, to Josh, you know, Josh is the main one, man. I always tell a story when I, I like I was on, I used to be on um, Sim, I used to try to be on Sim Show often, whatever I used to try to get on, and I remember he, um, you know, Josh kept calling in, right, and he would say some stupid shit. People would make it the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> <stupid shit." laughs> 
then he will call again and whatever. And then next thing you know, Josh was on the show, and I'm like, "Who's this guy?" Like, I'm like, "Wait a second. And I'm listening to his voice. Like, wait a second, you that motherfucker that was calling in on that stupid, <laughs> you know, saying that dumb, that dumb shit, whatever." But you know, the thing I want to say about, about Josh is that you got to give him credit because he don't never back down from the Not as much stuff that people be cursing him out and dragging him through the cold. That motherfucker <laughs> stayed right there. And now look, he, he's on he's on um on, on Sims on network. Doing his own show, and everybody that was talking shit about him is watching him. Yeah, they watching. I'll be watching yeah. Josh too. I, 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 listen, a lot of a lot of people don't agree with me neither. We already know what I said two, three years ago. I was, I was getting bumped on every day. I was getting bumped on every day. So like I'm, I'm, I'm used to that having the different takes that out the Julius Randle's a third, third option on championship team. I, I could get all of that. So I'm used to that, man. I like people like that, man. People that just think different. People that think outside the box. Josh is a crazy motherfucker who's a variant of mine in the multiverse. But, you know, I was takes. Yeah, yeah. He's the fucking crazy variant. Yeah, yeah. I never met Josh in person. I can't wait to meet him because I'm going to hug the fuck out of him, man. I'm going to try not to make our stomachs touch. But I'm gonna hug you. You know what I'm saying? But you know, he's a big he looked like he looked like a linebacker. He looked like Lawrence Taylor out there. You know what I'm saying? All this, all this, you know, motherfuckers an active um Navy guy, you know what I'm saying? So oh, you know he'd be lifting up. Yeah, you know he'd be lifting <laughs> lifting Humvees and stuff like that. You know, you know what I'm saying? So you know, guys need to be careful, man. I, you know, I don't know if you're gonna be there at the yo, yo, uh, I guess we could close it up, man. But are you are you gonna do the the um the what do you call it, the Atlantic City thing? I, I can't. That week that we're doing it, that's the yeah. I can't. I don't have. I don't have vacation time off for that week. All the old heads hogged it up. Who needs vacation? Who needs vacation when you got sick I, days, man? I used all my sick days, <laughs> <laughs> and they don't start up again. <laughs> they don't start up again until July. <laughs> well, hey, right on time because the, the, that's what summer league is. Well. No, well, uh, what you said, July. Anyway, so yeah, I'm thinking about going. I'm thinking about going. I'm, you know, it's a little weird because I'm married, so it's a little different than me. Just if I was single, if I was single, I would just be out there. You know what I'm saying? So, say, here's what it is. We'll see. Earlier, the one one of the three things to get a grown man to be controlled is a wife. <laughs> yeah, man. But the thing about it, let me not say it's so loud, you know what I'm saying? But, but you know, I don't give a fuck about no damn family court, you know what I'm saying? I haven't been through it already, so if we go through it again, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Because right right now, I give my I give my wife all my money, man. But if if um, she take me to family court, I'm at least get half back, so I'm good. I can live off that. Yeah, I can yeah, live off half my shit. shit. Yeah, man. I can live then, uh, half. Yeah, my kids will like me more because I won't be yelling as much. You know what I'm saying? So. It is, it's like a win-win situation right there. Oh, man. You know? So, I mean, I guess that, I guess that's everything, man. Yeah, motherfuckers best start showing love, man. Get them likes up, man. Especially on yeah, my guy. Yeah, get the likes, man. My, my guy. That's like the easiest thing. Very you know, easy. It, you know what's weird? Like, so it, I, I want to say it's hater shit too, man. A lot of people like to watch the show, but they won't hit the, like, hit the thumbs up button. But then, like, like, shout out, shout out to, um, to um to Knicks fan TV, they they did the same thing earlier. I think about eight o'clock. He only went on for five minutes, whatever. But look at the likes on that shit. You know what I'm saying? It was only a five minute podcast. I watched it too. You know, he didn't really say nothing. He just said what what was happening, and then he, he kind of drawed it out because that's the way that he talks. He it, like the way that he talks. The five minutes 
seemed like he's saying something. He didn't really say nothing in the five minutes. But look at the likes on that shit. You know that, that to me, to me that that's um that's like I don't know. I, that, you could call me a hater for it, you know. But I, but I feel like you know guys will see a five minute video and automatically hit the hit the like button. Like 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 <laughs> you know, like like in the foot like a thousand likes on for a five minute video that didn't say nothing. Like come on, man. Like the people will sit here literally watch us podcast for three hours and won't hit the like button. Oh, and, and then get mad, say, like, "Damn, y'all, y'all, y'all gonna stop? Y'all, y'all gonna cut it off? Ah, go on for another hour, but won't hit the like button still." <laughs> go on for another hour. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> anyway, we, we we do it for love. Anyway, we don't. Uh, you know, if I did it for love, then see see that thing that's scrolling on the bottom. Please subscribe. But I never put it up. I can easily click it, but I never think about it. I'm not thinking about it. I'm thinking about just talking about the Knicks and and doing this thing while I'm do, what, the reason why I'm doing it. I love I love to talk about the Knicks. And then you bogarted the podcast, you know, and just came on here, you know, and it made me go on for another hour and change because of the love. Yo, my fault, yo. Nah, because I, I think I remember we said we was going to do a pod today. And then, yeah. uh, I think um, I was so, like, in tune with the with the goddamn finals game, I, it almost didn't. Well, I mean, listen, I had other things that I wanted to do tonight, man. So I only wanted to go on for 30 minutes, and then that's why I didn't hit you up. And then here you go pop in and shit, and now I, instead of going on for – I started at nine. I plan on getting off at nine thirty. Now it's freaking eleven. So thank you, thank you for ruining my evening, Mr. Steve. Okay, I plan on getting off at nine thirty, and then you know, and doing enjoying the rest of my night. Look at this, oh, eleven o'clock now. Thank you, sir. Oh man, my bad, bro. <laughs> well, um, I guess we could get out of here, man. Uh, you know, hit that like button, everybody. And he never tried to put on jam. Wait, yeah, I, 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 I ain't going through all of that, man. I'm not. Mean, going I'm not going through. I just put it on the screen. Listen, I don't, <laughs> Bag of Jones. I don't give a shit about none of that. I support everybody. Shouts to Mek, um, Nick and Tom, all of those guys. Like, I, I don't give a fuck about none of that podcast beef, man. Yeah, but you know that type of stuff. Those guys are those guys. They have so much subscribers or whatever. So once you get that that subscriber, of course, people are going to be talking about you. You know what I'm saying? I talk about you anyway. I don't care. I don't give a damn what you are. Like, um, what's the name? Shout out to um, uh, I got a bad memory. So what the fuck? You know, shout out to the God of Nick's podcast. You know, we got to get those guys going. You know, mm-hmm. shout out to everybody. Shout out to Eric L. Beast. He got he got a channel. You, you know, guys need to support. What the hell? Yeah, man. So I, I don't give a shit about that, man. I just try to, you know, I just try to get everybody. Shout out to my guy Kevin, man. Yo, Kevin, man, you got here late, man. You gonna have to watch the rewind, one, man. You gonna have a good laugh, though. I promise you that. <laughs> you gonna have a great I laugh. To, I try to keep it quick and in, in business a little bit. I got a little long winded, and the state jumped in and, and and made it and dragged this thing out for another hour and a half. Jesus. But yo, I uh, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Google Play. Um, what's the other shit, man? Spotify, Play FM, Amazon Podcast. I probably said that already. Tune in. Um, Amazon, let you, y'all know where to find us, man. Appreciate all you guys coming in, man. Yo, Dowd, I'm out. I'm out to go eat this big ZD and wait for company and try to see if I could go to the moon again. So I'm gonna holla at y'all. And- oh, you're gonna have a good night tonight. You're gonna have big ZD and go smoke or whatever. Now it's 11 o'clock. I gotta be up at fucking four o'clock in the morning. Thank you for ruining my night. You oh, 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 don't worry. I'm doing a 17 hour shift tomorrow. So I'm <laughs> Yeah, man. So enjoy your trip then, man. Enjoy yeah. your trip to outer space. <laughs> I'll try, man. Yo, I'll let y'all, man. Nah, man. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, man. Peace. Oh. Yeah, man.
trying to find the freaking end button. But you know, enjoy enjoy the podcast, guys. Go back for those that didn't see it. Go back and, and watch the uh, the replay, or whatever. You'll see me talking shit, and then you'll see you'll you'll hear when state pops in the background. You hit a boop, you go, you're gonna hear him pop up, and then he just bogars the show. So anyway, um, hit the like button before you leave. You know, make sure you subscribe and all this. You know, so you can so you can see what I'm doing. Something. Uh, probably gonna go on tomorrow. And um, we'll see. I, for those that are following me, I'm going to post a schedule so you guys can know exactly when I'm going to be going on. Because I got to try to be more consistent so you guys know when I'm going on. That way you guys can pop in and, and um, be interactive and stuff like that. So anyway, i see you guys next time. Four fingers to the forehead, tucking the thumb salute. And we out of here. Bam. See you later.